if we watch BNA, uh, yes, it's safe to say that like a furry has infiltrated like the top level brass of Netflix, right? Uh, no, probably not the top level. I don't think the top <laughs> level even is aware of what goes on in Netflix. I would say <laughs> the program director of Netflix is like, look, I have a, I have a thing about furries and i'm just gonna let that sort itself out in the timeline <laughs> like like it started with be with a bojack but then then anime happened <laughs> so we had a gretzko yeah. and b stars and bna and i haven't even caught up with all because there's also a, i haven't watched it yet but there's a doro hadoro where the main character is yeah, a lizard doro, man doro. and it's like uh, i don't another... even know if i'm missing more there's like a couple of I guess you could call them furry, but th- like the focus isn't a furry, but there's like these like weird um, kids surviving an apocalypse so- shows. There's like they had this weird yeah. little stint where they made like four or they get four of these shows where kids survive apocalypse. Oh, like and rap- one of them rapid fire. Ha- yeah. And one of them has talking animal people in it. So I was like, oh, okay. oh yeah. Uh uh, the, 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 like, like, the one that looks like it's a, like the character's a fairy or something. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched maybe? it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't know. watched it. I just... Uh, God, I, I, I watched like one episode and I was like, okay, this definitely isn't... I, th- I think it was on my list. Here. It's a... Uh, it was something shit, shit, Kim. Shit, 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 shit. That's all I remember. Kipo. And the Age Keep of the them. Wonder you Beasts. Go. You're right. That's yes. another one. Yeah, That's Keep a world them. where the animal people have taken over the world. And everyone's <laughs> yeah, like, like, and all the remaining humans are like hidden away and secret. And uh, I think the main character is a hybrid, which was created in like a lab or something, which is like actually like really on the nose for today's podcast, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, there's there's literally more than I could even keep track of. It's just animal people are all the rage right now evidently which like I it's mean, fun to watch <laughs> like I, like admittedly I, like bojack in some way it's different <laughs> well i think about like bojack where i'm just like the animalness aside from for specific gags wasn't the most important thing most of the time but it just made the show more entertaining to watch instead of just watching a bunch of human cartoons the whole thing there's kind yeah. of like some fun with like the you can if nothing else you just get to spend some time being like spot the animals and like oh that's oh that's oh there's a fucking I almost said chimichanga that's the chinchilla or something like that like there's a little bit of that in uh, in BNA I'm like oh okay mink already like secondary character is a wolf and then like okay that that gangster's the hyena and oh the mayor's assistant is the pangolin all right that's my list found my favorites I mean the OP. Literally, like the OP of the show, literally just like you remember these characters, they're animals. These characters, they're animals. Like it just yeah. kept showing you the animal version of every character, and you're like, oh, I'm th- th- thanks. <laughs> so to go into to go into opinions, I'm so mixed on this show. I kept having things I, just, I liked I, here and there, but there was so much going wrong all the time. Like if we go through like the list of things, like. Bojack, Agretzko, Beastars. I feel like I'm forgetting something else. And like Zootopia and whatnot. Like there's like, this might be like the worst version <laughs> of this. And yeah. And there's always the split, which is that they're always like, okay, what are the animals going to mean? What are they going to represent in each thing? 
And in BoJack, the animals were just a sliver of the character's personality coming out, and the, them being animal people was not the plot of the show. But then Beast... Uh... Usually. Like, there was, like, weird yeah. hints of it here and there, but, like, it wasn't about, like... There wasn't, like, people versus animals or anything like that, or, like, what does different animals, like, mean exactly? It's sort of, like... It, 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 it was, was people it was, it versus was mixed. animals, but it was, like... A subtext of it, though that's the lead-in they give you to the show, which is really conf- like really mixed messaging. Well, I said for Bojack. Like the- oh, for Bojack. Uh, Bojack. Sorry, sorry. BNA. I was like, in yeah. Bojack, them being sorry. animals didn't really matter. It was just like right. a, it was yeah. just like a reflection of their personalities. Uh, whereas uh, fucking Zootopia goes full on racism, like straight up full on res- racism metaphor, and it's been done to death about how like there's like a hundred reasons why it was clever and why it was horrible the way they did it like there's a there's a number there's a bunch of problems but like yeah for me the highlight of the whole movie is when judy gives the speech when like the press speech and that and where she kind of ends up betraying her friend with what she ends up saying because she falls into like the kinds of like rhetoric that's insidiously in these kinds of conversations and there's like the betrayal there was like one of the better handled things of that but then you have like what B stars. It's like less about straight up racism, and mo- a lot of it's instead a lot about uh, this sort of take on like sexual dynamics. Like obviously, it, it? it goes back and forth. Like it muddies the metaphor a lot because there is the, there is the explicit I like or, or there's the herbivore versus carnivore thing, but then there's also like the coded male versus coded female thing, and then when they code the predatory stuff because the. Predator yeah. stuff, so in, like very, very intermixed with sexual stuff throughout it. And, like they're doing something very specific with that. Agretzko, once again, uh, just doesn't matter that they're animals. It's just it's 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 a Bojack again. Where like they might have an animal joke, but they're not. It's not about animal people. They just are animal context, people. Context. It's it's by the people who made Hello Kitty. Yeah, they're off, so they're just office workers and people struggling yeah, with like, like Japanese expectations of society and stuff like that. It's Whereas, just yeah, it's just turning something mundane into kawaii. Where you're like, look, now they're little animal people doing office work. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. that's the that's the premise. And to some extent, that's like it's kind of. It's like kind of like. It's like almost good news when the anime turns out to not be about racism because you're like, because there's the, the, the part where you get those like the clutch where you're like, hmm, how are they going to do it? I mean, like, how good are they? Is the <laughs> how good is the, is the, the Japanese studio going to do about like the racism allegory? when it's kind of like a it's kind of like a homogenous society where it's like i don't i don't know if, if the it perspective's is, always there to say a lot about it's really it. weird though because there is that le- like a gretzko really has that level of oh we're gonna put specific animals with specific personalities though yeah like there's, there's like an the essentialism aspect as a pig to it. is yeah. not an accident they didn't like oops stumbled yeah. upon that pairing like <laughs> the hippo being very gossipy like there's a lot of like oh i get the parallels you're making to real world situations but it never like it doesn't try to challenge those it's not there to like make a, co- a social commentary it's just like doesn't it make sense and you're like yeah well it's kind of <laughs> kind of a mixed thing because like they're like they're representing personality types as animals, but the animals themselves aren't usually like a racism thing because like there's not no. really a lot about like the oppression of hippos because <laughs> they they literally don't exist in human society in that in that faculty. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. So it's instead like the it's just the idea of expressing somebody via 
like these it's like i mean making animal people almost feels like a similar exaggeration to how like anime art styles work where you just take characteristics and you exaggerate them like it's a different form of that where it's like instead you're gonna express them as an animal like oh this character's slimy so they're a weasel or something like that which basically happens in this yeah but yeah bna though fucking dives straight the fuck in to racism, BNA doesn't just straight BNA the holds fuck no in. Regards. And I first, it, it was uh, first it was, thirty seconds. <laughs> it was kind of like, everything I feared because, like, it doesn't have a lot to say about racism, but it made the whole plot racism. And it's like it was everything I was worried about. And I was really, I was really, I was immediately like bummed out that this is where we were going with this because I just wanted to, I kind of wanted to just look at the cool characters and have a dumb anime plot play out or something. But they go heavy, I, heavy into racism and. Oh no, it's just not I, working. <laughs> I have to say my favorite part is uh about the racism part, which sounds like a terrible lead-in sentence, yeah. but uh I appreciate that it started out going, okay, we're going to we're we're going to try to address the dynamics between humans and beastmen and how you know, if that's an allegory for racism, you're like, "Oh, that goes okay, like out fine. the window." Near the end, it goes, what if we upgraded our racism? It's like, why did you do Like, tone it down. Uh, it's like, you're already failing the first racism. Don't bring another one in. You're like, no, we're going to go bigger. No, it, it's like, it okay. gets so convoluted that it's really hard to even try to trace the metaphor anymore, even though it's like barely a metaphor. It's mostly it's, just explicit. <laughs> but like, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you, there's a temptation, there's a a temptation to go straight parts. into spoilers. So we need to like try to try to get our that's, yeah, consensus that's, opinion first then we can go episode by episode on like the mess of it specifically but like yeah it's pretty it's a pretty show it looks great uh, it looks there are some very uh yeah. very loose interpretations of things sometimes like you'll definitely see some funny weird There's animations some strange frames here and uh, there yeah uh the world is not interesting which is unfortunate yeah there's like a tiny little nugget where it's like here's the slums and i'm like wait there's slums and oh yeah there's a bunch of episodic there's a bunch of episodic things in like the first half of the season that keep establishing new ideas that mostly raise 12 new questions for everyone they answer and then they move on to the plot in the second half and just dump all of those storylines which almost all those were like (laughs) almost all those were like raising an entire concept and then throwing it out the window in one 20 minute episode so it's just the like, show needed it's twelve so more episodes. It's so it fast. needed way. It needed a whole nother set of episodes. It like to make needs this to, work. You need to pick one thing. Either pick. Well, that I think. Too. I think they need to pick the main plot, which maybe don't do that because it was bad. Or yeah. slice of life Beast City, which is what it does for like half a season. <laughs> like it does a bunch of single episode little slice of life things for like half a season, and then then it just it actually it's actually. Uh, we fucked up because schedules didn't work out yet, but we watched all the Paranoia Agent, and this is actually a thing I wanted to come up, bring up with about Paranoia Agent, is it's, ha- it's, it's one show for half a season, then a different show for ha- the other half of the season, because the first yeah. half's episodic, yeah. and the second half is like, time for the plot, and you're like, oh, we're, we're, we're changing gears here, and I'm kind of losing it, but... Uh, yeah, someone, someone like cranks it into a different gear, and you're like, yeah. wait, we were in a first gear? What happened? <laughs> and, like, and like this... It bring on the race stuff. It brings up a bunch of really worrying ideas, and then doesn't really disregard them. It kind of proves them right, and then lets them sit. And it's like we have to get to that in the actual spoiler part, but in detail. Yeah. But like, it's just like, 
oh, fuck. You just advocated for a really distressing thing, and uh, you didn't really unadvocate it by the time the season was over. <laughs> no, no. And, uh... And also, they keep hinting at, like, secrets and reveals and, like, mysteries and tensions and true, uh, like, things about, like, what people's true intentions and, like, sides are. And you can always yeah. tell where it's going to go. But they'll, like, reinforce the secret or the question for, like, four episodes or more before they finally reveal the answer. And I'm like, I, I, I got it. I got I got it immediately. This is yeah, an- annoying. They- and there's then, a really yeah. there's a really big issue of saying something and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And they go, say it again. You're like, no, I, I got it. It's like, say it again. Say it again. It's say like, it again. Okay, okay, stop. And then the reveal is like, isn't that, we did it. And you're like, I got it. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Did you, there's, yeah, there's did you a not lot mean, of fall flats. Did you, did you mean to not tell me that already? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you basically there, already some, told me these things. There's some parts where, I, yeah. They basically explicitly tell like, you stuff. What? They explicitly tell you, like, season end twists in the first episode unambiguously, <laughs> and then reveal yeah. it later like it's a surprise. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> I get that the characters keep not knowing it somehow, but, like, I super knew already, and I barely understood the universe. Yeah. Like, you barely understand the universe, and you already know the answers to twists. And then they just keep filling in the universe, and then they're like, and now the twist! And it's like, no, yeah, I knew that. I knew that before anything. <laughs> That's the first thing I knew. The other like, thing is, oh, uh... Oh, no, wait, this is the bullets you loaded? Oh, I thought you had, yeah. like, other bullets. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's how the season ends. Uh, yeah. And then you have uh, the fact that, like, you want, like... I've seen some studio trigger, not nearly as much as you have, but like I've seen Redline, and like I'm I'm like mm-hmm. here for like the cool animations and action sequences and so on. Which also Redline was also like a thing where like beautiful all the way through, but several plot points I was like, what is fucking happening in this movie? <laughs> like the super yeah. weapon shit or the final frames of the f- entire film where it just cuts to credits. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> That's not what it yeah, is. there's like like this. My favorite part of Redline is you're yeah. you're there for a race. That feels kind of like a mix between pod racing and burnout paradise. And yeah. all of a sudden you have like a baby in the middle of a race that's a massive weapon of destruction. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck is this? It goes, there's like kaiju that are made, that aren't in the race. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, what? This and is strange storytelling. And then it ends like everyone's good. And you're like, wait what I was having fun but I, I ended Redline with like this feeling of like do I need to watch a video essay that explains what this meant like is this all like am I going to find out this is like actually in 1967 in the revolution of blah 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 in Japan this is like all, like, all this iconography is like super important and evocative about something that I have no context for no. or is it just Redline a crazy is... kaiju baby <laughs> So like, Redline is a Redline's just let's have fun and the artists are free to do whatever yeah. they want. But like I'm here for the uh, but, I'm, I'm here, I want to see these cool action scenes, and these cool sequences, and they keep teasing me with the idea that they're going to happen in BNA, and sometimes they do and just happen, and sometimes they're over instantly. But other times, in the worst case scenario, it's like a five minute action scene that features like three and a half minutes of exposition during the action scene. So it's like you're watching yeah. like a one minute action scene spread out over like five minutes where people keep stopping to explain things as if they're not in the middle of a fight. Like they keep talking 
and you'll just sit there and watch somebody like jabber mouth where they just it's like a f- still frame of their face as their mouth just opens and closes a lot and they talk for like 20 seconds straight and then it cuts to another yeah. angle of somebody else doing that and i'm like why are they talking why why is this villain speech happening right now or why are they explaining all these things and also like you said before with say it again They'll say the same thing like four times in the same fight, dragging it out even more. And this is this is an apparent yeah. problem in the first episode. Like I almost full on record scratch, like skipped the whole show just watching episode one because it has one of the most egregious examples of this that mo- thankfully doesn't happen most of the season again, but then does happen in the finale again, where it's just like, wow, this is just a fucking monologue instead of a it fight, and then it's over in two seconds. So bad in the finale. The finale was if. If words were bullets, they would be <laughs> just. There would have been so much death. There is a there, yeah. There's, 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 there's a scene in the like, finale where a fight is clearly starting. Like everyone goes into their fight <laughs> mode, and then like three minutes of dialogue happens, and then one blow ends uh, the fight, and then they yeah. move on from the scene. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who? I'm 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 so confused. Like I, yeah, I get, BNA. I get this weird feeling that I get from like Kojima projects, where I'm like, I feel like one person that was good at one thing ran everything, <laughs> and like needed somebody to tell them no in certain spots, because this writing disaster. It's, it's a, it's just a mess, and I don't know. I don't. It, the worst part is I don't know if the mess is. Like I don't know if the mess is somehow a rewrite. Like did someone add? stuff did someone go like oh no there, there's not enough explanation for this we need to we need to make sure those dummies understand it or was this planned all along and this is just like the worst written story i've ever seen so you you it's they made kill a kill right they made kill a kill little witch academia um so is this like a digression from them in quality where you're like what happened <laughs> So here's the thing, is that Little Witch Academia is a, is a really good example of Trigger sometimes sees something and goes, oh, that's really good. What if we did that? <laughs> and like Little Witch, Little Witch Academia is, what if we did Harry Potter, but with cute witch girls? And that's th- literally it. It's, a, it's just a, 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 an, a, an assumed muggle girl coming into a magic world full of magic kids like raised kids and trying to flip the system because she has muggle ideas and the witch world just isn't thinking that way and like the whole time you're watching you're like this is cute but could you like have a purpose for this and like no and you're like fuck okay uh so this is kind of i think this is just a this is just what I assumed would be the continual step that they're taking. Kill a Kill was similar in fashion, where I think Kill a Kill had a really good message, but it delivered it in a very clunky way. And if fights are the same way in Kill a Kill, where there's someone shows up and it's like, let me tell you a story. And you're like, I'm in the middle of fighting you. Could you do that <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> like, Send me an email. And then, <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, it's very... It, it breaks the pace really quickly. Um, but I think... I think there's like... I think they misunderstood what made the fights in Gurren Logan interesting, which was not the talking. It was the bravado, which 
is a lot of t- you know can be a lot of talking but the difference is in the character doing the monologuing is that's part of his character and when the character's gone the monologuing stops happening because he was the monologuer so that's actually useful but they were like no people like the monologuing put it in every fight now and it's like uh oh uh oh no no cuz that only works with the monologue character and they're like oh you're like but mojo oh, well, jojo's dead <laughs> yeah basically like every fucking every person in uh, trigger anime is just mojo jojo for like five minutes and then they punch that's their fatal flaw except it's not their fatal flaw because the other person's also mojo jojo so neither of them will take advantage of the other one talking too much yeah there's but yeah this is a they've been uh, been lampshaded in the finale saying like they mentioned the talking too much and it's like that's so you know yeah (laughs) why do you that's why i'm curious like if there's that's why i felt like is this part of the script or is this like a did they rewrite and add a bunch of dialogue because Mm -hmm. it seems so jarring when you're watching certain fights and you're like why did you say that like why did why did you say that at all this is such a weird thing to say and then yeah, I'm I, know, a, I assume you listened to it in Japanese voice acting, as per yes. tradition, and I listened yes, to it in English voice acting again. <laughs> That's Perfect. just what we always do. So we got the full experience. Uh, full 360. The, yeah, the uh, the Tanuki girl is very well voice acted. She just does good the whole time, which is good because she's the main character. I was very yeah. distracted the entire show by Ogami the wolf which is the second most prominent character in the entire show because he plays the same he's played by the same actor that plays uh haida in agretzko and jack in b stars and in both of those he's doing like the sort of like side like the sidekick character oh man everyone trusts me but maybe i'm kind of an incel kind of voice <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> but this, i'll take your word for that uh i'm just going i'm just going after i'm just fucking Going after Haida. His name is uh, Benjamin Diskin, by the way. And uh, in this one, it's that guy's voice, but he's trying to put on his, like, my machinations remained undetected for generations voice. Like, he's, like, very serious and terse and, like, adding bass to his voice. And you can't, it's like, on some level, I couldn't quite tell if, like, if he was doing it himself or if some of it was also being boosted by editing because it sounded slightly weird, but specifically... Oh, they pitch-shifted a little bit just to try yeah, to like, get into I, I the don't low know. level that they needed? Specifically the first episode, I don't know if it was me adjusting to the voice or genuinely that there was a difference, but the first ep- a couple of episodes, it sounded like they, he was being pitch-shifted, and then later on it didn't sound like that necessarily, but I might have just been getting used to it. But I was definitely like, there was something about it, I guess it's just the recognizability of voices, even when you're like doing a voice, is that like... I specifically couldn't get the image out of my head out of like I, I couldn't get the image out of my head of like uh, Haida being tuxedo mask like secret identity Haida is here to like mask his voice and be a superhero oh this is yeah. my man voice like like he's Batman or something <laughs> like it was like I, I, I couldn't unrecognize him as being the same voice actor and that, that that's not usually that big of a thing for me especially since usually if, usually when I recognize an anime voice actor in English, it's because they're actually doing the same voice. Like how when we watched uh, Beastars, uh, Haru oh. was just 
the Kyrie from Digimon doing the Kyrie from Digimon voice. And I was like, oh, it's Kyrie from oh, Digimon. Yeah. So I'm not as distracted because it's just like it's the same voice by the same person. But when it's the same, when I, this is the, one of the first times I've recognized that it's the same person doing a different voice, but it's not. There's a dissonance that I can't get out and never went away the whole show. I would, I, and, and I couldn't tell if it was just because those times where I was trying to figure out whether the character was how much of it was the character and how much of it was the voice because he felt very emotionally flat and terse which also seemed in character but also seemed out of character at the same like something about the performance felt slightly off the whole time even though I think that's probably what Ogami is supposed to sound like is flat and terse and like dismissive and kind of unexpressive but (laughs) yeah the Japanese voice was very I wouldn't even say well I wouldn't even say I'm flat he was he was indignant he had a very like indignant tone where he wasn't interested in what you had to say yeah. or anybody had to say uh, this whole above it all thing yeah he's just like it, yeah but he wasn't which is I, I don't know maybe the subtleties is not there I feel like he didn't speak that way towards beasts he only spoke that way towards Michiru he does but almost he talk to other- he does only talk interact with two characters for most of the show just the mayor and the protagonist and no one else yeah. basically i guess well, he, he interacts sometime, with like the police yeah there's the police chieftain and, like, and the villain but those and are the rare. people he lives with um but yeah like he but when he talks to like non-mitru people he's not as terse he's yeah. very much like oh, okay well we just need to do something about it whereas when he's talking to her he's like i don't care it's like oh got, <laughs> got him <laughs> like yeah, yeah it looks like this this guy has been doing a lot of he's busy uh, specific yeah he's busy he's also uh he's also neon genesis evangelion too just in everything now a netflix anime voice actor by the way uh to keep up the record he is also the side best friend in neon genesis (laughs) he's just always the second the second main character yeah (laughs) Because Jack and Haida so. are all protagonist adjacent. <laughs> They're all like the best <laughs> friends of the protagonist. <laughs> and now, and then here he's like, he's, he's the, I, he's, yeah, well, he's kind of the best friend of the protagonist. I don't know, second most prominent character. I don't know. There's a, before going to spoilers, any, just any final thoughts? Um... I really hope Trigger's next anime isn't just ripping off uh, another Disney or Warner Brothers thing. <laughs> I hope they just make something original. Like. Redline 2. They... Oh, God. It starts exactly where the last one ended, and you see them land, <laughs> dying horribly, that... and then the new characters are introduced. That'd be very much Trigger on brand, but. <laughs> I, I I'm disappointed because I think I think BNA could have been at least okay. I don't think it could have been exceptional. It just didn't have that at all. But it could have been interesting enough to carry it like yeah. to an okay point. But yeah, that's all I can think of. It's just I yeah, do not I, recommend. I wish do not really recommend. No, I don't. I do yeah. not recommend BNA. Um, or at least it's not to either of our tastes. Maybe I don't know. There's probably an audience I of don't. people that just like like most anime or something, and they're like, "Ah, more." This is about on Maybe. brand. Maybe I don't know. 
but I am frequently condescending to anime audiences. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I, I honestly feel like it's too it's too dumbed down to even be interesting to like a even an average person watching this would be like i i get it i know what's happening yeah aside aside from some visuals it doesn't really work on any level because it's not an action it It really just isn't an action show but it doesn't have insight really or an interesting perspective on its subject and it also doesn't have that much much world building so it's no, setting is interesting. It has like a, a beat that it wants to build. It cuts and goes away so quickly where it's like, okay, that's it. We're done. Bye. And you're like, I. It also has this okay. idea of setup and payoff where, aside from when it keeps repeating one idea 50 times, whenever it has like a set, uh, there's a lot of cases where it has one setup. And it's often like a specifically cases where like, if you need a, there's certain cases of setup and payoff where you kind of need to follow like the rule of threes at least, where you have like a certain number of examples of that idea to establish that it's a trend before you start acting like it's a trend later in the show when we only have one data point because <laughs> there's some shit like yeah. that that happens that we're just like i this is that it kind of needed this like this this kind of needed to get caught i think in like the script writing phase like the fun like the first step like the thing that this was holding was being built from was already in trouble and then the execution wasn't going to save it because it's just this, the, the plan for the season just wasn't great well, it wasn't a great plan it's really weird too. Yeah, it's written by the same guy. Uh, it's written by the same guy who did Gurnlogan and Kill a Kill. Wow. But he also wrote Promare and O Edo Rocket, which are <laughs> device. Oh yeah, I forgot Promare. Yeah, Promare was kind of a a not great. Well, I shouldn't say that because people will get mad at me. It was a. It was a. Um, I guess not to my taste type anime i so i i'm not i feel like his writing is very 50 50 coin flip here yeah interesting so let's go into spoilers then spoiler warning forever this this end the podcast this is the the episode has ended now if you're not here for spoilers spoilers only. we we might just sit here and go like episode zoom in a little bit episode by episode cuffs are off it's time (laughs) cuffs are off (laughs) Uh, so, oh, fuck. Episode so one. The theme starts so, the show very quickly. <laughs> we, we're introduced so to it like this, like hooded figure that's trying to escape to a place called Anima City, because apparently she's an animal person, and that's where they're safe. Apparently, yeah. So she's going apparently. there. She gets attacked by As, a gang of roaming humans that are here to stop all the animals from getting to the animal place. No. They are literally border patrol agents who yeah. specifically say that they know that the only way to get into the city is by this one particular freeway on yeah. this one particular bus. So, so this is the river people always try to escape. <laughs> so they come in so like a bike gang out. to hit people with bats <laughs> on the side of the road, basically. And like, like immediately, like right off the cartoonish. bat, they fucking just like so cartoonish. They, I think they're on motorcycles and they shoot like a bow at her, <laughs> like an arrow hits her fucking phone. <laughs> it's yeah, like, they shoot a crossbow. It's so uh, rapid fire. We're like, oh, oh, this is escalating very quickly. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot. And there's one little crack here, which is that there's just this weird sequence where she's like, I guess they're trying to show off her animal prowess in animal mode. So she's like. 
she jumps off the bus and lands on like the guardrail and she's running on the guardrail for like a weirdly long time while somebody is alongside her on a on a bike and like about to attack her and stuff and I'm like get 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 off the road they're all they all have vehicles. just get off the road why is she why is she running in a straight line but it is just a, a mean, moment it's kind of that time dilation yeah. that happens in anime where you just pause on something for too long and you're like and, I'm, and it always kind of irks me but this one stood out but no, what, what's going to be an issue is that you look at this later and you realize that, like, there's a few things. Like, one, I th- immediately you assume, like, oh, she, like, she must have, like, become infected by animalness or became an animal. Like, a, like maybe it's, like, X-Men where it's, like, a puberty angle where it's, like, oh, when, you, when you're, like, a teenager, you're, like, mutant powers manifest and you're, like, oh, fuck, I'm different and I have to go run away now or everyone's going to persecute that's, me. That's like, what I thought. That was my first yeah. uh, assumption was that it must be, a, like, because it's a teenage yeah. girl, it must be a puberty thing. Because, yeah, because it's, like, why is she running to the city alone and why would people have yeah. to run to the city and so on? But this is where the gap comes in is that you later find out that she's unique and that's not normal everyone's well, her everyone and her friend yeah. are unique. so everyone's born an animal person or not born an animal person yes. so then i'm like wait but the city's been around for at least a decade so like people have the chance at this point to like choose where to be or, like either in the animal city or not in the animal city and so on like how much luck does this patrol get at catching anyone each day like how many people are fleeing to animal city if like they don't find out midway through the teenage years that they're an animal now and they have to go run away like i i think they also mean they're trying to hunt people who come to the mainland for business purposes or something which is a which is like i would imagine you would think is crimes which which you would imagine (laughs) is a literal crime because just hunting like japanese citizens yeah like it no matter what even if they're beasts they're still technically under the rule of Japan. Like, they are legally Japanese citizens. Yeah. So, like, you're still committing a murder of a citizen. <laughs> like, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't be okay because they're, they can also turn into a crab. Like, that doesn't suddenly make the murder okay. <laughs> but as you learn about this um, city, you find out that it's, also, been, it's been around sorry. for, like, what, like, a decade at this point, right? I do want to also point out that they are... As far as I'm aware, they did not specify otherwise. They all look Japanese. There's no specification that anybody looks Westerner or... Uh, oh, yeah, it's, or, it's, it takes place in Japan. Like, there's interactions with the does. Prime Minister of Japan and so on. But, technically, Ogami isn't from Japan. <laughs> yeah, that does but raise does a that does raise Japanese. a question. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because Ogami's <laughs> from Europe. Yeah, because that, that's a whole like, other thing to unpack. Yeah, which I... The moment they said that, I was like, wait, you're not Japanese? How did you... Why do you look like that? <laughs> but the... Uh, you, um, the but thing yeah. I, t- I think I take issue with is just that it goes to the Bright School of World Building. Have you seen Bright? Yeah. Bright was like a universe where like a thousand years ago or something the orcs and whatnot came to earth and all that shit happened. Uh, but also like nothing in history has changed. Like the Alamo still happened and the world war still happened and everything still happened with like 
just all of history of the last thousand years had played out the same way. But yeah. there was just randomly elves and orcs and centaurs there, which somehow had no impact on history. Well, they try to excuse it with like, oh, remember those hieroglyphs? Those were real. And you're like, pardon yeah, me, so like those were gods. Yeah, Are like, you telling me that the beastmen were considered gods and that they just fucking walked around asking for fucking fruit? Like, are you joking? Yeah, that's that, that's the thing that they play. They they're vague about it throughout this show here and there, and it's messy. But like, there are some parts where it's like it almost sounds like Beastmen just became apparent that they exist to society. Like, society, almost like they were like an underground society no one knew about until like a decade yeah. ago or something. And then they like showed up and they fought for rights. But like, actually, they've been around forever, and like that's why the the Egyptian hieroglyphs have animal people and whatnot. But they've been like hiding or whatever. But nope, they've just been in society for all this time, apparently. So like no, it, there well were, they can turn they, into humans. So yeah, you but, would never know. But you find out, yeah, that like beastmen weren't a secret. They've apparently been around all this time, but all of America, like all of uh, the world's like history, doesn't seem to have been changed in any noticeable way, or they don't well, say anything changed. They kind of they kind of imply that no one would have known that they were animal people until like the advent of blood. You know, like until science got to the point where we could study blood, and they so found it's like science fucked DNA. everything up. Yeah, because they act like every every animal has a specific like a specific acid. Uh, they call it like it's a dihot something dihot or something. Well, it's like acid. They, it's like they reveal the equivalent of like The Last of Us. Like, are you infected or not? Like, put this on their neck meter. Yeah, but for and beast so men, if, so it's like science they, they made racism that, like, worse. Yeah, and they, they imply that like when kids, remember because they impl- like one of the plot points was that she was trying to say I'm human, but I'm also a beast, and they're like, no, you're not. You just don't know. And she's like, no, my my card, my citizenship card says I'm a human. It literally distinct like yeah. like says I'm not one of you. Like, and like because, which is a weird thing. Yeah, because you can't be. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, everyone. Yeah, that, that's like, one of the reasons you know like beastmen have been out is that their fucking IDs tell them say that they're human, which is not a normal thing act, for an ID to say no. unless there's another option besides humans. It's <laughs> so, like yeah. they're clearly in a society where non-humans just are around and whatnot. And but this makes all of sense, history played out like, the same way, seemingly. There's no yeah, somehow. there's no implication of otherwise. It's just kind of hmm. hmm. They also make they do make some allusions to the idea that beastmen existed during wars. Which was kind of a weird throwaway to make that you didn't follow through with. Like the 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 pelican guy shows up is like, yeah, we had some friends in the in the the, the war that used to scout out, and I was like, you, pardon me, like there just <laughs> were beastmen flying around. <laughs> oh God, yeah, you like, just reminded me of like the the, the specific because I was trying to remember why I have this idea in my head that history played out the same way because I was like. I think I, I have, remember having a slap. I couldn't remember why I thought that. And, I was, and then I remember you said wars. And I'm like, fucking, they, the, they had Nazi camps. And alongside all yeah. of the Jewish people and oh, so on, yeah. there were apparently beast men being experimented on. And it's like, really? Ever, even that played out exactly the same? But it's like the beast men were also in there. And it's like, this is some, like, it's like uh, it's, uh, just like a lot of this, this, a few shows I've seen recently, including like Attack on Titan and stuff. I'm like, this is like, a real heavy direction to go in. You got to be real sure this is what you want to do with your show. But they just like, yeah, they they just kind of flash to 
World War II concentration they, camps uh, very yeah, abruptly for wait. one part of one episode, which apparently also, the mayor was from, and that's where he she met the, uh, Ogami. Yeah, the, the mayor is also German descent, but doesn't look German. She actually looks Japanese. <laughs> so again, that's another time where it's like, where are you getting these beast men? Why are they all Japanese? <laughs> I think I think the show's just not interested in trying to represent human races in any way so they just kind of look like anime characters and that's about I, it i was really i was confused because i was trying to actually look for I mean, other spent, races i mean you spend most of the show was, wondering what's going on with their face wrinkles well that too yeah the mayor has cling on like forehead yeah. wrinkles well, she's which, a siamese cat which you then see her when she's young and she still has them when she's young too and it's like yeah as a, in her human form and i'm like huh yeah, no, I don't know no one, why her human no one form else takes looks it, that much but... like their beast form in human form. Like there's like nods, but nobody does that. Like she straight up has yeah, face no. wrinkles that stick around no matter what, and that's like it's like a weird exception sort of thing. I, I was like, I, I was like, what are the again, rules I don't here? Think you wouldn't be able to tell otherwise. Yeah, like she would just look like a normal person. When she turns into a Siamese um, cat, her head just kind of stretches a bit. And you're like, oh, she's in beast form, which happens like twice. Yeah. And you, at, at first, you don't even notice because she looks really similar. Uh, but like going from the beginning of the also, show, yeah. They they do some really they do some stuff that's right that I that I, I got a kick out of the. Uh, okay, so the main character ends up getting smuggled into the city in a different way, and she yeah. walks into this dark square. And she has the equivalent of like the end of episode one of Pokemon Ho Oh sighting, where she sees a legendary beast man just randomly because <laughs> she just sees this glowing yeah. wolf on a roof, and it's like, was that? And then, uh, then there's this creepy scene where everyone just comes at her in the darkness and these masks, and then they all morph into beast men forms, and it's all a big parade and it's a festival, and it's like, ah, oh, surprise! And I was a little disappointed actually because like the uh, you find out that like everyone's just in beast form for that event but then they're actually supposed to be in human form otherwise all the time even though this is the beast city which seemed like a weird choice for the show yeah that people spend all their time in human form in the beast city because apparently it's... like being in beast form is seen as like a threat like your claws are out which is like an unfortunate view to have of your own like natural state i not to be mean but it is a very it it sounds very japanese <laughs> <laughs> oh the restraint to, uh, to to have an appearance like you must upkeep a specific appearance in public yeah but uh but it doesn't make any sense in the allegory of like that's why we don't live with the humans because they don't like us even yeah. if we're human <laughs> what, once they live amongst themselves they still like shelter and hide as being yeah human all the time and like but hmm but remember that only that's like that's not even fo- but it doesn't even follow its own rules that way because Michiru is just human and beast form all the time, and only once is it seen as an act of aggression, and never again. Everyone yeah. just kind of accepts that she looks like this, and they're like, "Oh, that weird girl, always in beast form." <laughs> like, yeah, that's an important that's fuck? an important detail is that throughout the show, whenever they attempt world building, they'll establish something like that, but then never mention it again. So yeah, like just throw it away immediately. Because in episode two, she goes to Rapid Town, and she, because she's in beast form, because she can't control it, everyone t- takes it as like a threat because it's like she has a weapon drawn or whatever. But that's never mentioned again in the entire show. That's just a one-off nope. thing out of nowhere. There's a lot of that. 
But uh, the show, what I liked is that the show has one of the better character introductions I've seen, which is they introduce Ogami, and the first frame you see of him, where you know it's him, is just him looking up at the parade and crying. And I'm like, all right, well that 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 like raises several questions, and it's like a neat image of like what's like you're like okay, there's a this 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 the small girl is looking up at this like big wolf dude that's looking up and just sobbing, and you're like, all yeah. right, what's this character's deal? And then he's like, yeah, you're like, what's happening? And his one line, he kind of just speaks to like himself, is like it's like basically like the equivalent of like Beastmen have been working a thousand years for this moment or something like that, and it's like okay, well that's several questions okay and it's like that's actually like it's not like subtle subtle but it's like okay at like establishing some ideas without like coming out and just ex- like monologuing them directly to the camera You're like okay had is he just like in touch with his history or is he a thousand years yeah, old because yeah you're kind of like is he very nationalistic is that why he's so happy yeah. that the beasts are having a party like or is a- he just like have have you been here for a thousand years watching this shit or something? Like like if he <laughs> if he just said that smiling or something, you'd be like, oh, okay, he's just like talking about like he's just kind of thinking about like the history and reminiscing or whatever. And I'm like, wow, look how far we've come or whatever. But he's like sobbing, so you're like, wait, was he there for the thousand years? <laughs> like that's the first thought I I had without yeah, any context about the possibility. A... Crying is such a striking visual. Yeah. Or like, yeah, if he had just... Especially had, when you're introducing, like, a show a, badass. Yeah, like, even if he had just made a snide comment of, like, uh, I can't believe it took this long to get here. You could infer, like, what, 10 years? 20 years? A thousand years? Like, you could kind of assume, but you would still be in the wrong. But him crying is, like, okay, it's not that... Like, everyone else isn't crying. This seems yeah. kind of like you're taking it a little too seriously, bud. At that point in the show, he's not involved with the main character so he no, doesn't have anyone this to, is your he first has, encounter yeah and he has no one to open up to so if you just had that one like that one line single-handedly sets up his entire character better than anything else that happens in the entire rest of the episode but then they squander it for the rest of the episode because he goes from yeah. you think he's going to be this quiet character that just establishes these things and these little lines that are kind of cleverly set up and so on, but then he won't shut up. <laughs> like suddenly he's the most talkative character in the entire show, despite that seeming to not be his character. Uh, and specifically, what happens is once again there's a relatively well set up little scene where uh, the main character chases after a pickpocket because she needs her ID and everything. Well, that doesn't no, she doesn't know that yet, but she's chasing her after her, the pickpocket. That, t- that takes money. her wallet. Yeah. And she ends up like under this like rafters and she looks over and she sees Wolf Job. That's all I can call it. <laughs> do you, do you remember that? That's unfortunate. Do you remember yeah. that one? That You remember the animated the animated parody of Wolf Job that had like the guy that was like the he was like the artist. Like yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, it was like he was the animator of the parody and he's dressed that way. Like it looked exactly like that Wolf Job. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you, you see him, and when he sees her, he pulls his cap down and runs away. You're like, well, that's fucking suspicious. And then once again, like, that's, once again, good visual storytelling without lots of exposition and shit. We're like, okay, I instantly get yeah. what's going on here. That that place that place is probably going to explode, and then it explodes. <laughs> like, so far, for a few minutes here, the storytelling is, like, not not horrible, like it's like it's being told a lot of it's being told visually and through like one line at a time and it's completely succeeding at establishing whatever it's trying to establish and that kind of stops permanently after that scene 
because then yeah uh, ogami activates i mean i do i do like the visual of like as it's falling everybody just kind of goes out of the way but the turtle is like slowly yeah. walking and she's like oh no 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 like yeah. pushing that's fun but yeah the moment that the moment all of the kerfuffle stops the moment it time it comes time to do to do to do crime solving then it goes down very quickly yeah, because then, as I'm That's, sure you're about to talk about, the superpower uh, knows. Ogami activates his superpower where he is Lucius Fox from Dark Knight Rises, or the Dark Knight, and so on, where he can just, just see the entire city instantly. Which is, by the way, a see. plot point that's mostly going to go away after a couple of episodes, but <laughs> it gets an even dumber use, like an episode later. But in this episode... He activates his super sense where he magically can detect where anything is for that's that's the plot convenience. And so he's able to track down the bomber to this van with his two allies where they are the ones who uh like did the whole bombing and everything. And then you're like, okay. That was weird, but I'll I'll accept that. Then he's like sure. up on top of a building looking down at those uh that the terrorists in their van. And he uses his sense, and he sees four humans standing behind them, but, like, the specter of them. Like, they're not physically there, but the, the point is that they smell of humans. Once again, I'm like, this is visual storytelling. You're establishing that these guys are mercenaries working for an outside force that's against this city's interests. Yeah. It'd be a shame if they spent the next four minutes explaining that in great detail during the fight. It's When I already know it from that like, visual. That visual instantly fucking nailed it. You didn't have to explain yeah. anything, but then they, like, lost their mind like they were afraid we wouldn't get it which is extra weird because they're not even really setting up a future plot point because this whole attack kind of never comes up again and the people who did the attack don't seem to be especially important unless they're setting up something for like season two or something if there ever will be one because like no because like the 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 four people like if the show was all about tracking down the people behind that attack that'd be one thing it's not so like that's not setting anything up but like every single part, like you, I, I straight up was like, I could, I was watching the scene. And it's like, I, for once, I have that horrible conceited feeling of like, I could fix this. <laughs> like I, I was, I was tempted to like take, do the full fucking YouTube video essayist thing where, you, where you're like, I'm now going to fix the script of this thing where you like take it into your editing bay. And what I'd mostly do is just every time they start talking, cut to when they stop talking <laughs> because for the entire time, like Yag, uh, not Yagami, uh, Ogami gives this big Ogami. speech about how you guys are traitors to the Beastmen and I will fight to the death to save the Beastmen and the Beastmen have fought lo so long to get to where we are and the Beastmen and the Beastmen and the honor of the Beastmen, how dare you betray the Beastmen and he just keeps going and going and these people are all like, nah, I, uh, we, we're mercenaries, grr, we'll work for anyone that'll pay us, Beastman or human, we don't care what the results are, I have no regrets and it's like, this is all very unnecessary. <laughs> just fucking fight. Like, every single line adds nothing to the story, and most of it, you, it just strains the believability of the fight scene itself because they're somehow monologuing to each other for some reason. And, like, it's almost like you want, like, because it's almost like they wanted to, like, weaken the blow of the fact that Yagami, uh, uh, Ogami is about to, like, get very violent <laughs> and they want to deaden that blow by being like i have no regrets just to see, seal the deal on how evil these people are so you don't feel bad yeah. for them when he rips the antlers off of one of them <laughs> like which was great that's such uh, a great that's like such a great scene where he like steps on his head he's like wait wait, wait. no 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 and he's like boop <laughs> unfortunately that's, that's like a rule of twos 
and then they just drop oh, it. Oh yeah. Because one yeah. more time, well, no, the, he, I one mean, he more turns time him around the, and then hits the guy that's going behind him. Oh no! I, I mean the fact that uh, he don't, it, it seems to be a character trait that he's going to be doing. Like like he's going to find beast men. They keep setting up oh, ideas that don't come their, up. Uh, it's, it, yeah, well, it's, it's like it's like he's going to he's going to yeah. find beast men that are like traitors to the beast men and that don't deserve their status as beast men, and then he's going to declaw them in one way or another. But it only happens one does. more time in the yeah, early, like like two episodes later, he takes off a rhino's horn, yeah. and then it never happens again. They completely throw well, out that character trait and that trend, and it just never shows I mean, up again. He technically doesn't fight anyone until, like, else. The yeah, until he fights the same rhino guy again. I keep trying. I keep, <laughs> like, getting, I, keep, I keep trying to get a feel of like, okay, where's the show going? Like, what's it going to go? And like, so when you see certain setups like that, you're like, okay, that's a character trait he does. Like, he's done it a second time, so that's like a trend, right? Then you think back to it later, and you're like, that just kind of... They established that, like, twice in three episodes, and then the rest of the show, eh, just kind of yeah, comes out the window for the rest of it. Doesn't do it again. And there's a lot of stuff that just kind of comes and goes. Like, they go to Rabbit Town in season in episode two, and there's this whole crime syndicate of women that talk about how hard it is to live as a, as a woman in, in Beast Man civilization and in the society. And that never comes up again. And none of, those, none of those characters ever come up again. And, like, this apparent nope. problem that women have in Beastman society is never mentioned again, especially not by any of the other several female characters that aren't the main character that live there, yep. including, or, like, or, the... Or, you know, like, like the like, mayor, who is also a woman, who apparently doesn't want to help her own... Yeah. Like, gender have a better equality status yeah, in this ha- fucking city she built? You have the, <laughs> like, ma- you have the mayor, you have uh, the, the main character's caretaker is that koala lady... And you have yeah. the mink, and none of them comment on this ever, a single time. No. So it's just I mean, this the mink, throwaway idea. You can argue the mink is, like, not a part of society, because she is just, like, an you know, she's a she's criminal. A, she's a scoundrel smuggler character. But, but, yeah, the fact that, like, one of the actual people that helps you immigrate into Annie, uh, Annie City is, is a woman who at no point mentions this to Michiru that like, oh, life is a lot harder for women here, so just be ready when, yeah, you no. know, just be aware you're a single woman, you might want to find yourself a good beast man and settle down. Nope, as, far just, as, as far as I can tell, it's right. just an episode-specific <laughs> development and isn't true to the show. Or they the just same forgot thing with to like do animal, more with it. Or with like, they were trafficking children out of oh, the right. city? Which is like, what? Are yeah, you, what that the episode fuck? In, Are you joking? That episode mentions child trafficking and it never comes <laughs> up again. That's episode two. You're it like, episode two. All right, shit. So You're ep- immediately hit with like the worst that this show could possibly get in two episodes. And then it goes like, we're going to play baseball. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing? <laughs> episode three is-, is the bombing episode, which is the second and almost... Uh, what ep- what's yeah, up? Yeah, that's the. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Episode three. Rhino is the, melancholy. Uh, I, I, got, I got it open. The, uh, yeah, me too. Is, episode three is the is the rhino episode, and that's the bombings, and that's the second mo- and then and the most significant use of Ogami's magic power, where he's magic. No, 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 no. <laughs> the dog literally, the fucking dog literally says. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they fix it in the English dub, but in the Japanese version, he literally says. Don't worry about him. He's immortal. I was like, what? 
<laughs> that's literally a fucking spoiler, bro. Like, <laughs> did, could you oh, tell you, me this oh, later? You mean, you mean that? That's true. He has two cases of magic in this episode just leaking out. But, but the one I was thinking yeah. of is that he's got his, his sense of smell that oh, is yeah, just, like, it's just map hacks. He's cheating. He, yeah. Like, he literally is like they, they find out that there's gonna be like bombings across the city apparently. So he just stands on a rooftop and sniffs and instantly knows where every single bomb is in the entire city and just takes them all out. And I'm like, I don't know what world that smell could ever sense and smell could ever work that way. Well, but then so it does but then try f- to argue that, but then that specifically it's because of his powers. It's because it's the, so nonsense. The, the police chief is a fucking bloodhound. Yeah. And he can't smell the fucking bombs? I was like, dude, you're one job. I don't, it's, just, it's it's a lot to take in. But then but then it's, you but it gets it, it, it keeps iterating and being more ridiculous because you find out so much so much the, heroitis. When the one one like, bomb goes out, when the one bomb does does go off, you find out like, oh, they must have used a, an agent on that to remove its smell. And so then he's able to figure out that because he also smells the bomb site where he's able to smell the particular person that probably did it. But he also goes to that person and can tell from a distance that specifically his hands don't smell. Yes. Because his hands don't smell like him because now because they smell because they were also using the thing. It's like it's like a Sherlock moment, but it's like next level superpowers. He doesn't even sniff his hands. He's standing across the room. is like, dude, I'm using my nose sense right now and your hands are invisible. So (laughs) that's that's basically what he says. Like his hands are invisible, essentially. I don't mind the idea that he can like differentiate objects based on smell that it that does make sense in a like you can argue that animals have a unique like especially wolves have really good sense of smell they can differentiate he literally sits on the ground smells and sees time pass which is not acceptable i was like how the fuck can you smell the past what does that smell like is there a ting like a tingy flavor to the past smell where you're like oh i can tell this happened yesterday because someone this is like a slightly sour smell of a human and a human smell stays fresh for eight hours and like what the fuck yeah they show they show his smell sense as seeing like crowds of people walking backwards implying that he can see the entire history of this room essentially at least recently and it's like next level like all right you can just make his powers do anything i get it all right which funnily enough these powers don't they get toned down a lot like i don't think his smell comes up that much throughout the show especially not in these extreme examples like this but yeah this episode does also but i i really hate the fact that he has a super fancy smell (laughs) but his fucking arch nemesis doesn't smell like anything like, he doesn't remember the smell of his arch nemesis. Like, in the backstory where he's, like, looking for the descendant, he doesn't, he can't actually smell the descendant. And I was like, how the fuck, how the fuck did you develop this sense of smell? When? When did you develop it? Because when he went to go find the person to kill him, he was already the wolf god thing. So, you should have that sense of smell. So you should know what your fucking arch nemesis smells like. Nope, couldn't find him. I guess he just got away. I'm like, how? Oh, I think there's a th- I think there's a throwaway line where I think they imply he lost his memory when he became the White Wolf. I think there's like a throwaway remembers. line about that. He still specifically remembers who it was that killed him. Yeah, this is, it's it, it's foggy about what the detail, what how that works to that part. It's 
But there, yeah, but yeah, there, there is there is an like, issue here where like you spend like half the season, you spend about half the season with people asking over and over again, like, "What's the White Wolf? Who's the White Wolf? The White Wolf? What's the White? Wow, what's that? Who could that be? Is the, is he real? Pray to the White Wolf, and yeah, then, not like but, it, or but, the, in, but here's, literally, here's literally some, in the first like, episode. Food. It's like literally in the first episode you establish this character who's crying at the festival about how it's been a thousand years. And then two episodes later, he falls from a skyscraper and survives. Also, and still, no one's no, like, everyone's still like, who's the white wolf? Oh, man, and we'll probably, never know. probably has no, like, you know, I'm sure there's hundreds of them. And he's also a white wolf. And just in case it wasn't clear, you just, also... Just yeah, in he case. Is, yeah, he is also like, literally... Oh, oh, sorry, the, oh, yeah, it's Silver Wolf. Like, he is a Silver Wolf. Silver Wolf. And, like, and he looks way, like a Silver Wolf, and there's, there's a mythical Silver Wolf there character. There are... And no the main character saw in this him. entire show. Yeah. Like, we don't even see others so which, we could be like, which is you know, surprising. oh, I get it. There's, this is like a, a breed of, of animals, right? No, just him. He's the only silver wolf. Oh, okay. Probably not the same silver wolf that's a deity, though. No, no, no relation. And just to also hung out with the mayor like, who was in a concentration camp that was saved by the silver wolf. No relation. Probably no correlation there at all. Like, <laughs> what is this? And just like right before the... Uh... Right before she sees him crying and everything, he also she also just saw him in silver wolf form on the roof. Like she didn't see him like yes. come down and transform or anything, but like, boy, like three things happened that day. You saw the silver wolf. You saw a silver wolf crying, just a silver wolf, uh, and then you saw a bomb explode. <laughs> and that's like that was your day more or less. That during that festival, it's like there's not that many dots to connect. <laughs> and no, then, especially when the same character instantly smells the entire universe through time and then falls out of a building and survives like he seems yeah. to fall like 50 feet i mean i'm sorry 50 floors and then he just gets up immediately and walks away and he's like Oof, oh that's smarts <laughs> and that's like that's yeah. that's his recovery apparently is like for a moment he's like ouchies it's like i the show acting uh, like it's a mystery also, at all is like rough to They also through. did another thing where uh, at one point they go out, like Michiru and Ogami go on a little adventure, and the koala girl gives them this meat that she prays to for the wolf, and she says, yeah. uh, if you meet the silver wolf, you give him this meat, and Ogami just fucking straight eats it, yeah, and you're it like, smash oh, that's to, weird. Yeah, smash like, cuts to him <laughs> on the street eating the meat. That's a, that's a tribute and, to the silver wolf. Yeah. And Michiru is even like, that's bad manners, you know, it's supposed to be for the silver wolf. And he just goes like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And just keeps going. And at no point she goes like, hmm, that's weird behavior. I would only imagine you do that if you were, you know, the silver wolf. The <laughs> well, only it, character in this entire universe who doesn't have faith in the fucking silver wolf. Like, He has a, he has a good dude, line there where he's like, no true God would refuse to save you just because you didn't you don't feed him. I guess, yeah. This is like his explanation or whatever. Uh, let's see. What do we Regardless, got Regardless, he, he is weirdly the only atheist. Uh, he has no... He seems to <laughs> yeah, have no Yeah, the one character interest. who doesn't have any interest in worshipping the silver wolf is a silver wolf. Wow, weird. Weird that. <laughs> who can fall from skyscrapers and survive? And, and no one knows how old he is. <laughs> Infuriating. Like so many questions. Infuriating. Uh, Next episode was Dolphin uh, oh, episode. Oh, by the way, Rhino Melancholy also has a really, really, really obvious. Um, Michiru might have accidentally been turned into a beast girl. 
We're oh, not yeah. going to say that outright, but there is this one fucking lizard who, or uh, chameleon going, who literally her, just goes, her DNA? if only you weren't here. And you go, that's that's a weird thing to say to a random girl who has a beast disease. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why you would say that to me, holding me over a building you want to kill me for. Is there possibly a reason you want to murder me? Uh, maybe an accident that you made in this laboratory for beast people? Huh. Uh, <laughs> Just a, yep. Very not not subtle. More, more foreshadowing, uh, and by foreshadowing, foreshadowing, basically they mean just spoiling. <laughs> like like yeah. their way of setting something up is just to spoil it immediately, and then act like you're still paying it off later. But the next episode is Dolphin Daydream, and this one opens with a fucking bang, which is the whole motivation Michiro has. Apparently, is that she's trapped in beast form. She had to run here to escape persecution and attacks and so on and blend in with the Beastman society but in the episode 4 of uh, in a 12 episode season in episode 4 she already transforms back to a human yes like just casually she's like oh shit oh man i did it i'm human now whoa uh a lot of the episode or a lot of the episodes are her never connecting the dots that her unique ability of being a tanuki which for some reason she keeps saying she's not which is stupid because that would be really helpful for your fucking mindset because tanukis can literally shapeshift you fucking moron but and also so her being a tanuki con- doesn't matter because another character is just like her and isn't a tanuki and also can shape no is a is a kitsune which can also shapeshift in japanese oh folklore. is it oh yes. so both both her friend and her are both shapeshifting That's fucking cute. animals one of them embraces that idea and does the shape-shifting. The other one goes, nah, I'm not that, but then also wants to be human again, but just doesn't fucking connect the dots that her goddamn animal yeah. could shape-shift. I can, I can accept her taking a bit, because, like, at that point, she had all this, the main thing she'd figured out at that point was, like, she had a few, a few instances where she, like, stretches or something. So like she, ex- her, she, she got expands her, she got her, her tail wacky to save arms. herself. So remember, uh, in the first episode, she makes her tail giant, so she cushions a fall. She second episode, she makes her arms spaghetti noodles. Um, the uh, third episode, I think they, I think she has both of those in episode two because she does them both. She discovers her shape shifting like during the cage scene, which no, like she eats spaghetti uh, she, no, during and, that, um, then lands with the tail. In, in episode one, when she gets knocked off the uh, knocked off the bus. Uh, she her tail expands and then oh. she jumps back onto the bus. And that I thought that come, was really conf- mu- yeah. That must have come at us so quickly and so early that I yeah. didn't register what it was establishing. When I because the moment I, I saw I, I don't that, know anything about the show yet at that point. So that's what that's what ruined. Well, I I feel like that ruined. I I don't know. Maybe it, me it ruined it because the moment I saw that shape shift and then the hood goes away and you see her, I was like, oh, she's a tanuki. Yeah, because that's the only animal that can do shape shifting. And why would her tail expand unless she is shape-shifting? Yeah. But no one else connects these dots until, like, later. I was like, wait, are, are, don't you all live in Japan? Isn't this, like, part of your fo- fucking folklore? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Maybe she's the only Tanuki, but, it, well, but everyone knows what a Tanuki is. Yes. Because everyone, everyone knows keeps what a telling tanuki her is. she's a Tanuki. And she keeps saying, no, I'm not. And I'm like, I, that would be great for you to be a Tanuki, because then you could be the thing you want to be, a human you could even be a fucking cow. You could be whatever the fuck you want to be. But like, she gets spindly yeah. arms. Again, goes, I don't know how I got spindly arms. It must be this weird uh, raccoon ability I am. <laughs> like, okay. 
we get we get to this dolphin episode and yes it's just she uh it just breaks me a little bit because like also she has uh, a, what ha- the issue here is like we didn't, we didn't behavior ha- by the way to look on facebook live see someone recording and go that's them and then run oh, yeah, up track to them, them down via the stream <laughs> yeah that's a huge boundary cross very you unhealthy just, behavior you don't there, hunt Michiru. people you down like... on their live streams and like ambush them <laughs> that's a lot yeah that's that's also, the thing she does way, i want to point out that sh- that the dolphin doesn't get mad at her for doing this even though the dolphin literally was doing a live stream as a human because she's un- she's in disguise she's like making a live stream for humans as a human and pretending to be one and this fucking tanuki just runs up and goes aren't you a beast man okay um, cool they're like if we talk about like how like later on the main story is gonna get really rushed and really expositional and it's gonna be really horrible and this is kind of another example of like wasted world building because yeah with with the dolphin they established they established for this episode that by the way beast men and beast uh, anima 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 city uh it's not an easy name to say anima city doesn't have internet access they only have their own private internet so they can't so go they to have... the rest of the internet and but here's a special super phone so that can have access it... to the outside internet and then the moment anima she city uses it just... she finds a currently active yeah. live stream in the same park she's in and that enables the story of that episode and the internet's never brought up again well no it is brought up again because she has to pay the bill for the internet in a different episode, and she ends up charging it to Ogami. <laughs> That's, but it's also like but, a throwaway still. But like, but it's yeah. like they'll they'll but they'll, inter- yeah. they'll establish it, entire world mechanics just to make that story happen for that one episode, and then it doesn't fold into the story later in the season, basically ever. It's a, it's always yeah, pretty much it always is, true. It's really weird that we don't get to see more. Uh, more division because of the 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 curtailed news like the idea that you know both both sides don't actually get to know what's going on in both worlds which yeah for for beast for anima city makes a lot less sense because they are literally still japanese citizens who don't have any awareness to like the current prime minister or if there's any kind of law that makes animals illegal or legal to hunt they have no idea of like the politics in this country they are getting shelter in but also the internet's not like japan exclusive it's universal like the the whole world gets the internet so the idea that that just anima city is like banned (laughs) is like a strange detail for the world so i think this is kind of like going on the idea like they have they anima city doesn't have internet they have a local network and that's what they have access to. It's, it's kind a, of like it's North essentially Korea, like they banned North Korea it. It's like they essentially the banned the entire ethnic group from the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Remember, they're not banned. Anima City banned themselves from the internet. Did they remove themselves from the internet? Yes. It was self-induced. Weird. Yes. It's not like Anima City was like, you can't build your five G towers, and here they cause Corona. Like it's one of those things <laughs> where, like, I would, I would, under, I, would allow... I would understand this plot point better if it mattered. Because <laughs> like if these, yeah, if they mattered and came up again, then I'd be able to learn how the world works. But they quickly throw something at you in one line, and then it never will come up again. And yeah, that's so what's it's not. It's just not world building. It's just kind of like it, building up a fact sheet. Yeah, and it's like, and it's because like when you, it's, I, I, it's like when you read like the fact sheet of like 
like here's all the details about the Knights of Ren in like a weird Star Wars like art book somewhere and it's like okay well none of that came up in the movie so who fucking cares it's like yeah. those kinds of throwaway lines are happening throughout the show where it's like this isn't Keith, building anything so it's kind of not really a, world building there's a prequel light novel you could read please culture yourself oh god oh to the show yeah does, does that fill it all in uh, but, but well, it's my, a prequel, so no. My, my issue with the placement of this dolphin episode is that we she has not formed bonds in Anima City yet. We have not seen her grow yeah, close is. to any characters that would make her want to stay here. And then she establishes, oh, I can transform into a human now. I could go home. And then she just doesn't go home for the rest of the show, mm-hmm. despite not like it's one thing if you're like nearing the end of the storyline and you're like. Oh, but the friends I've made here, like, I can't just go and leave now. I've got to, like, I've got to stay, I, 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 I got to stay here with my friends. And I'm, I'm like, it's just, like character growth in an arc. But it's like, no, the show just started and you already got rid of your one reason why you have to stay here. And you're just going to not really de- address that for the rest of the show. The fact that she doesn't actually have to stay here anymore, seemingly. Uh, By the way, still underage, meaning she still has no job. Uh, yeah. She's still living at like a commune place. Oh no, she just um, gets adopted by some people, basically. It's it's very fortunate of her that yeah. there are not more immigration happening to Anima City that would cause this to be an uncomfortable mm-hmm. living situation. And she keeps talking about how she misses her family and her home and everything. But at the end of the show, she's just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna stay here because the show has to keep happening. <laughs> it's if so I leave, then the show's canceled. <laughs> there's like two really. There's like a really great point that this episode has, uh, which is it, it shows that humans aren't given any understanding of beastkin. They have no idea how they work or yeah. operate at all. And it's really good because it does show like there is this division in even information or un, or, or like we should ex- we should explain that what happens here is that. The dolphin yeah. character that's introduced this episode never comes up again, except she's seen that crowd later, and that's it. Uh, yeah, she's well, like a social kind of media star, but she pretends to be a human all the time. And uh, they go to go they go to a party across the the uh, bay that's in human land, and mm-hmm. she's there to be like you know cashing in her social media cred as like an online celebrity human, but immediately outs herself as a dolphin. And everyone's just like, wow, look, look, oh, she's a dolphin. And they're like all kind of celebratory of it. But then like behind her I back, point like, out Michiro that keeps the only reason people. She, the only reason she exposed herself is because they set this up in the beginning of the episode that she has a bad habit of when she gets excited because she's a fucking she's not. I don't think she's a she's not. She's a seal, right? She's not a dolphin. She's a dolphin. She's a seal. She's a dolphin. Yeah, they call her a dolphin. The episode's called Dolphin Daydream. She looks like a seal. Yeah, no, her design's garbage. Her design is the most not like her animal of the entire show. Like, everyone else is really clearly identifiable, Um, and she's like a Pokemon. (laughs) She's completely baffling looking. And any, well, because she's a female dolphin. In any case, uh, she would 100% as a bizarre Pokemon Chimera nightmare creature instead of any kind of dolphin character. When she gets excited, uh, she runs up. And then does a jump, like a like a jump in the air, and then converts into her beastkin form. Because she does that when Michiru shows up, and she's like, wait, you were in the human world? Wow! And she, like, jumps Wowie and transforms zowie. into a dolphin. And she's like, oh, my God, you're a dolphin. Um, 
So that's what happens in this situation is that a friend that she knows from the internet shows up and she's like, you're my friend, and then turns into a dolphin because she just fucking can't be in a, like, can't control herself somehow, like, apparently. <laughs> just has no self-control, no, like, sense of fear living in this city or going to a city well, where literally is, humans want to kill her. She's really sheltered. Well, like she even she's calls sheltered. it out because they're like there's there's a, there's a few there's a, there's a few little moments here that are decent because like one like while they're all celebrating her to her face Michiru is like off towards like the bathroom or something and someone's like walking there's people like walking by and talking like man they're like I mean like they're, they're not like us like they're basically animals aren't they like they're like you hearing them talk behind her back while they're celebrating her to her face well there's and these little details like and like oh let's all just have a moment to to, to Except uh, to acknowledge just how hard things have been for her, because they're all trying to get, they're all trying to feel good about this, essentially about like they're all like yeah. giving a good show to this one person. But like she's like actually, because uh, like because she's fine, she's like at the top of society in in Anim- Anima City. Like she's like the yeah. the daughter of a crime lord that's completely yeah. now sheltered. Now that we know and that pampered. human trafficking and like the slums exist, she's living yeah. a pretty good life. She has an illegal phone that can can access the internet things escalate dramatically when they like michiru walks off for one second and comes back and then they've like accidentally almost murdered her (laughs) like she was tired so he picked her up and somehow put her in the saltwater tank she can't get back out of and now she's like suffocating to death or something in the saltwater tank and it's like yeah. I don't, how the fuck did she get in there and why can't she get back out can't she swim <laughs> i don't uh it's like michiru has to rescue her and this episode's more or less over and she never comes up again but it was just like a lot to take in but like this was the episode where you the whole time you're just thinking like so michiru is just gonna go home now right and she keeps just staying right and then the episode ends with her staying in anima city and you don't know why she doesn't even why. like I, I i just want to point out not at any point does she go to her parents and say like no hey guys just a heads up i'm doing okay like i managed to figure out how to turn into a human but i can't stay because obviously my blood is animal blood so i gotta go but i love you guys thanks for taking care of me not just fucking noped out and we'll never talk to her family again apparently it's got huge D &D vibes that specific aspect (laughs) of D D, where you have a party and you all want to be special special like special characters that have their own unique backstories and motivations and character designs and alignments and all that but then you deal with the reality of just like well i mean we got to just kind of stick together and do the story right if we want to don't want to just completely fuck this campaign for the dm and everyone involved so like you kind of like curb certain parts of your of that of, of your ambitions for like how much you want to like split off or how much you'd be in direct contradiction of all the other characters because like at some point you all just kind of have to agree to go on the quest otherwise this yeah. whole thing doesn't happen and there's like an aspect of like michiru is like that that one like fifth character in the party that has really poor motivation for still being in the party but they just want to keep playing D. <laughs> but she's the protagonist which is a weird spot to be in as the protagonist of a show she has like no motivation for existing in the show at this point which is when the show yeah. completely goes into fuck off mode and it's my favorite episode of the show Greedy Bears is my favorite episode oh, of the entire bears. show. I had so much fun with the stupid baseball arc <laughs> where she just meets this pack of these stupid bears and she finds out that baseball is like a murder. It's like a blood sport. 
Like, it's yeah. baseball rules, but also you can just attack each other, apparently, and it's not really clarified what the fuck that really even means for the most part. Yeah, it, and, it, they uh, kind of gloss over it very quickly because yeah. that's they're just going to stop doing that anyways. So they so, just mention yeah. it's a violent sport, but then go like, we're not going to murder, though. So, uh, oh, okay. They just comedically introduce, like, half a dozen different sports teams that are all themed around a different, like, species, basically. Like, there's the bear yeah. team and the flamingo team. The flamingos. And, and the, yeah. I, I just learned to love the bear team because... The their char- like the characterization was a lot of fun a lot of the time and like specifically the the, the one character that i always get annoyed by is like the tiny like cutesy mascotty character but the way that yeah. they pulled him off in this show he's one of my favorite her. characters in the entire show is it a her yeah it's a girl the, bear, the girl oh i didn't I know the bear was a girl it's de- they're yeah. definitely very young which makes it hard to tell because they're a bear also <laughs> and they're like five uh, yeah, she, she doesn't have a human form at least, not that I can tell, because no, 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 you, you she, see she's her, like one. You see her human she's form. Like a, she basically just doesn't have ears. Is her human form? She has her, like the same hair, the same face. Yeah, she has everything like a, about her. She is has the like same. A, a orange bowl cut around her head, basically. Yeah, but then when she goes to bear form, she has brown eyes and ears pop out. And I was like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess you're different. Oh, all right. But the, like the other that, bears that are actual me, bears. Like <laughs> that character made me laugh more than anything in the entire show that was intentional like th- that was the most successful there, like, there, yeah, intentional comedic comedy in the whole show is like like the fucking scene where they're like this is the best crust i've ever had because <laughs> <laughs> you've got this fluffy white stuff in the middle have you ever had crust like this it'll blow your mind because like they're so <laughs> impoverished that yeah. they don't know any like it's like so it's like next level poverty to the point where like they've like they've never seen crust before like they, they don't know what bread so they've is they've never seen bread yeah she yeah, doesn't know what, know what bread, bread is. is she just knows what crust is and then like this bread yeah. that comes with all this fluffy stuff it's great it's the best crust i've ever had like, like this, you don't know what bread is <laughs> yeah and like the show the show has several jokes like that throughout the show where it's just like a running yeah, gag the mineral the, water one which yeah, is great the mineral water like, the penny there's yeah there's a bunch of fantastic little moments where I'm like this character just keeps really getting me to laugh the only f- unfortunate part is that character is just a poor man toe of their kill a kill character which is the same uh the same character uh uh what's her name um uh uh, mako if you look up mako it's the exact like it's just bowl haircut very loud and boisterous is the like it's a comedic side character oh uh, that was a similar character it's the same yep. character, dude. <laughs> yep, that's Actually, pretty similar. I I don't want to be I don't want to be extra mean, but I think it might be voiced by the same person. <laughs> it's just a straight up like cameo, basically at that point. Yeah, hold on. But the um, but yeah, but you introduce these bears and you're just having fun with them, and specifically they they get they uh, it's like a a. a criminal gambling ring sort of situation where like the games are supposed to be rigged and people bet in specific directions and like the mafia is trying to run how the uh, betting works and everything but unexpectedly this bear team keeps winning and it's fucking up all the all these like illicit deals that are supposed to be happening so they're like the leaders getting like their coach is getting their ass kicked on a daily basis yeah because they're not supposed to be winning uh but here is is one of the more distressing parts of the of the uh of the season of how they handle race is that they established that he was like one of those types of figures that was like oh it's like it's like the equivalent of like 
when you have like she was the, the Babe like, Ruth, basically. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like the equivalent of like when you have like the first like black baseball player or something, and everyone treats them like shit, and it's this big yeah. like it's this big type of moment that you'll make movie after movie after about the, like about how like celebrating this big moment and, the, and this like progress that was made and the adversity they face and whatnot. But like he just, he gets bullied by everyone for being a beast man. And then he fucking massacres them. He's like a mass murderer. And I, and like, I gotta say, if that's what <laughs> happened to like the first black baseball player, pe- like people treated him really poorly. And then he like killed 30 people that would complicate the discourse. <laughs> that would really fuck up the whole thing a bit. You're like, um, yeah. <laughs> on one hand, that was a that wasn't was nice. A really but weird on the other choice. hand, apparently, there the part it's it's like what people talk about when they talk about like how X Men is a flawed metaphor because the X Men are hyper dangerous people that actually genuinely do have superpowers. So using them in yeah. analog for like any kind of oppressed group is iffy because the whole point of oppressed groups is often that they're not actually particularly different from everyone else and like the it's it's largely like a fictionalized like thing yeah, that they're we're not worried going after about them like, for as opposed yeah, to we're like, not worried about, like minorities <laughs> magnetoing the wall the border yeah. wall like we don't we're not worried about, you know like <laughs> yeah so like the iffy thing about x-men's universe is that being against them is more justified because of the things they keep like the atrocities they keep doing throughout the timeline of x-men even if it's just like the bad people and all that like it's just the fact that like oh that's why people are afraid of x-men and like in this one it's like oh that's why people are afraid of beast men because he just massacred everyone that's yeah (laughs) a normal person can't just kill like a dozen people with their bare hands and when they get angry like that's a lot to take in and it messes with the the messaging a bit it's also weird because it's like they they wanted this character to, in terms of the plot, they wanted this character to have a a backstory that justified their actions, but also to give them like a redeeming arc or whatever. And they just but handle it so sloppily. They handle it so sloppily, but the character is a reference to the the coach from uh, Boxing Joe. Like it's just a, it's just an homage character. Like that's the exact personality is the hmm. the boxing coach who would rig the matches so that Joe would lose, but they would both get a payout for it. And eventually, Joe's like, "No, I don't want to rig matches anymore. I want to win matches." He's like, "No, don't do that. It's gonna get me fucking beat up." This is a storyline like, that was also in Redline. Yeah, they, yeah. This so is a normal story. This. this is because boxing joe is an iconic anime that a lot of people watched as a kid and went that's really good and so they just keep borrowing that one character but everyone puts it in weird situations like this where it's like i great but also the character itself is supposed to be unredeemable that's the that that's the point (laughs) like that's so it's and i don't know it's just it feels weird to have this character you give them a sympathetic backstory and then play so you give them a sympathetic backstory but then you play up their current situation in com- in comedic fashion where like he's only getting beat up because the team continues to lose due to Michiru who's winning the t- like who's winning all the team because the rest of the teammates are throwing and she's the only one that's saving the team and winning them the games because she's so, like, apparently she is- so her tanuki powers make her like a star pitcher and, yeah. and once again, we're gonna go. We're gonna throw all this out the window immediately. But like, it's like one episode. This is her story arc. She's gonna like lead a baseball team to victory. And uh, yeah, 
for me, and the highlight of the episode and maybe the entire show was just the killer animals. The, fu- oh, the yeah. final team they face <laughs> off against is the, called the killer animals. And they're not only are they just a fucking joy on screen, but they're like oh, a yeah. different art style from the rest of the show. Yeah. Like they're drawn completely differently from the rest of the show. They all, they all, they all remind me of uh, what is that fucking that mascot anime where that mascot has a revolver <laughs> and it's a wolf. Oh, because they, uh, they all remind me of that uh, art, the, the art style gun, of that character like design. Gilnpier or something Glipnir. like that. I can't pronounce. There we go. Glipnir. There you it's go. Glipnir. Like you have like the fucking like you have like the coyote or wolf or whatever that's just like drooling with like the like like the muzzle you put on dangerous dogs over his face yeah. and his eyes are all like cuckoo like Looney Tunes where they have multiple rings that are in the different number of rings per eye and the di- I, I, the eyelids are, the uh, pupils are like different sizes and shit and they're like wielding like spike bats in in a baseball game and stuff it's just, yeah, fucking, just and they all have super power they all have super attacks like he'll like swing his bat so hard that he hits the ball and then his bat explodes and all the shards go at the pitcher because they're because it's a whole it's all <laughs> yeah. this trick about murdering the enemy team and stuff and i'm just like this is this all seems just a joy <laughs> like it's, once it's it's like if this if this game just leaned in if this whole show just leaned into fucking being crazy it'd kind of be more fun than the self-serious like racism plot they go for because this episode was been... so much fun <laughs> Could you imagine how funny it would have been if Ogami was forced to be on the team too? Where like he's he's like using his nose to sniff like what way they're gonna pitch or something, and she like his throws pheromones a specific change way. whenever he throws a fastball. Yeah, <laughs> Some like you could bullshit. have so much stupid fun with this, or like it's, Ogami clearly being immortal, so he takes the hits for these uh, this, these killer things, but he's okay. <laughs> like this is like so a show that would be have. better if it was dumber. <laughs> I yeah. want the show to be stupid because it wasn't that's, dumb enough, but it was too dumb for what it wanted to be. It's like Trigger isn't may okay. God. Trigger isn't a, a company that I look to to see well thought out, uh, super serious messages in their anime. They're, they're they not, did. They try Fools. like. Kill a Kill does it too, where they try to be, they try to say something, and it's like, okay, that's that's cute, that's quaint, you're free to do that, but, God, you guys just aren't good at it. Could you just yeah. just have fun, just go nuts, and it's it's so much more fun when they're just being silly and cartoonish. Like, even the beginning, when you're watching the flamingos fighting the bears, it's hilarious. Like, the flamingos throw knives out of their feathers, just like, <laughs> Just <laughs> casually. Like, what the fuck? There's suddenly yeah. just a bear just pin cushioned with knives and he just goes <laughs> And he just Ugh. falls over like, <laughs> like cartoonishly. It's the it's best great. episode of this whole show. It's so fun. Like I might uh, watch it again at some point. We gotta go a little faster because yeah. they were like an hour and a half in. Uh that's true. Shit. But we're halfway there. <laughs> uh yeah, we, we gotta go a bit faster. So what happens is the Church of the White Wolf shows up, which Yeah. It's hard to unpa- it's a little hard to unpack. Apparently there's an entire religion built around the white wolf, but they weren't in Anima City and people weren't even sure if it about the group existing or how big it was, which leads to like world building questions of like how many other places are safe for animal people if like the animal city the people forest. were just like like they come in on boats. And I'm like, where do yeah. they get that many boats? And how 
how'd they all navigate via those boats? Like, it wasn't like a big boat. It was a bunch of, it was like, it was like a hundred, like, uh, consumer no, no, grade boats, basically. We skipped over, oh no, you're right, never mind, sorry. I'm just kind of going faster, because right. some of the stuff just doesn't matter necessarily as much. But no, like, no, I'm trying, I was, but this like main plot. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of the next episode, but there is also the fact that these boats came in and somehow passed immigration without any issue, because this, again, this is Japan. You just you just yeah. sailed into these, another these country. These boats just show up. <laughs> they, they don't explain yeah. where they were where they were previously or where they got the boats or like there's there kind of is a floating question of like is there a bunch of other anima cities all over the world basically? Yeah, does because, every country because, like, have an anima the, city? Yeah, cuz it felt like this was the one place where really rare beast men all flee to. But then Which you have this cool. staggering population that just comes to them by sea suddenly halfway through the season you're like wait. <laughs> I, I, I misinterpreted how the world works here, and it's kind of because you're not telling me. Uh, but they, they just show up. They all worship the White Wolf, which they apparently were already doing before they happened to then get a person who could then pretend to be the White Wolf. Yeah. Because th- this organization seems to be have been around for years, whereas their their White Wolf is somebody who is, is Michiro's friend who just became a beast like a month ago or something. Uh, yeah so like literally a month ago they just had somebody that can shapeshift into the white wolf as like an impersonator drop in their lap right before they happened to also happen to plan to go to anima city the place where the whole plot has to happen that that were like the evil villains plan kind of depends on just happening to have the white wolf show up even though they like that seems to have been a coincidence that the white wolf showed up no, like now remember, it goes, remember, it's even bigger brained that the cult is actually made by the main villain. Oh, yeah, the main villain turns out to be behind every single plot element of the entire show, like Moriarty. Yes. Even if yes. it doesn't make sense, there's a lot to take yes. in there. So that, ex- that will, that, Keith, explains why they showed up out of nowhere, because it was all according to <laughs> Kikaku. It was all according, yeah. So everyone worships so. the White Wolf, apparently. Which gets just continually keeps getting thrown around, and every, this whole sense. time you're you're losing your mind a little bit because you're like, ah, oh, the white wolf's right there. I, we can all see him. <laughs> yeah, by this uh, point, you're kind of like now getting really annoyed that they're not addressing the big fucking white wolf in the room. <laughs> yeah, and importantly, they establish this uh, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed human character that's apparently running everything, and he runs the hospital, and he. Uh, has ties to the mayor and he's doing research and like over time uh, he claims to be doing research to help the two characters that have like are humans that became beast men and so on and he and he's he's a lot to take in but <laughs> I'm sure let's see Albatross yeah, guy uh, gets established it's not really important is it uh, uh no no Ping, Pinga isn't really important though Pinga okay, does yeah. bring up uh two really concerning issues which is one he mentions that he lost a lot of friends during the war, which is like, uh, excuse oh, no, me. He said, he, said he lost his. He said he lost his friends because when beastmen got equal rights with humans, quote unquote, which obviously didn't actually happen, but on paper, I guess it maybe did. Uh, they they started enforcing uh, borders and airspace, and they started shooting down all of his friends when they would cross oh, right. into airspace yeah. uninvited, even though they're migrating albatrosses, which world building questions are established there for sure that aren't going to go anywhere but no not i don't i don't not a ton happens specific to that episode besides just the us talking about uh alan Silvasta as the 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 blonde haired blue-eyed uh, guy 
Yeah, there's also who a really like obvious... the villain the entire show. There's also a really obvious. Uh, yeah, he does talk like the a voice, fucking villain. Like in Japan, um, in English, the voice actor is immediately like, "Oh, he's the bad guy." Gotcha. Oh, in the Japanese, he's not. He doesn't sound as obvious, but he is very like. He does speak in a manner that comes off as arrogant. Like he's better. Like he did, he looks oh, down yeah. on them clearly, but he's not like. He's arrogant you know, and smug, but he also sounds like he's controlling everything. Yes. But uh, the only important thing about the albatross is that it, est- it, it teaches Michiru how to fly um, in a really vague sense because he explains to her that, like, to fly, you have to sense the wind. Yeah, and then this, it's the last she eventually... It's like the last time they establish how she got a power. Yeah. Because they uh, show her learn stretchy power, and it's usually when she really needs something. And then she, ha- she flies with the albatross, and then... She really needs to fly later, so she just suddenly flies. And then from that yeah. point on, it just starts starts manifesting. Like, they won't really show an episode where she learns a power from that point on. She'll just suddenly be like, I'm a chameleon now. I'm a wolf now. And it'll just kind of happen yeah, a few times just, from then on out. They kind of just yeah, go rapid fire. Yeah, she just fire. suddenly has... Well, they need the, they need abilities. They don't have time to pick yeah. a character. We can, get to the, we can get to the rest a little faster because the first half was all super episodic, but the second half is just the plot now. But yeah, by the From way, the, the cult the cult was really obvious. Um, there was like no question that the cult was going to be forced to stay there uh, at, at any point. They also bring up a really dumb point of uh, in or- like Michiru and her friend go and meet the mayor, and they have like a confrontation at the end where Michiru's like, "I did this for you. Why are you like being a bitch about this? <laughs> and like, why are you? Why are you literally trying to f- go through this cult thing? I thought we were trying to like cure ourselves. It's like, Na- no, I want to be an idol. Nazuna is the most immediately unlikable character in the entire show. Is the not Mitra's only is she unlikable? The show friend. goes, the show goes. Oh fuck! Uh, but she is likable, guys. We yeah. Promise. The show like forgives and, her for no reason. They, but there's yeah, they, no like, there's no reconciliation. There are several <laughs> no. scenes that are like surprisingly well written where she's like gaslighting the protagonist and it's really cruel and horrible. And I'm like, oh my yes. fucking God, this is an incredibly toxic relationship. Run. Oh, yes. And, and you expect the storyline to be like, oh, Mitri is going to realize that her friend has changed or maybe was always manipulative and she's going to move on with her that, life and all of this guilting. But instead, yeah. they just drop that character trait of her and Nazuna kind of just stops doing that after a bit and then they're like best buds and they're like doing they're like saying stuff and doing things in sync with each other like they're best friends and I'm like I don't like what the show said I don't like how the show just like had her power through it and stick together stick with this toxic relationship and then gets rewarded for Um, doing so (laughs) it's like no you're supposed to realize that you need to drop these people because she's horrible there is the one line. Uh, so what really bothers me is that I feel like someone in the writing room must have whispered a sweet nothing because they say this line about Michiru being or the, her, uh, that her friend says this line about Michiru being like, oh, you're too bullheaded. You just run into things. You don't think about stuff. Um, and you don't, you know, you don't grab any context for a situation before you try to solve the situation. And it's like, yeah, I, I agree with that. She does kind of just she literally snuck into a facility broke a, a piece of machinery and the assumption you got kidnapped again and at no no point asked you hey are you okay <laughs> like i get that but you of course find out that scene... she was always right <laughs> yeah but then then you see that there's a scene later on where she says the exact fucking same thing to ogami 
who's doing the who's exact also same, in the right. <laughs> who's also in the right, but he's also doing like a crazy, like irrational behavior thing. And she says the thing to him, but he just jumps out the window and runs away. And I was like, <laughs> There's no fucking learning point. Like, Michiru didn't go like, oh, no, that's what I do. Oh, no, I've been poisoned by my gaslighting garbage friend that I don't know what to move beyond. She just just watches as Ogami runs away from the confrontation, and she's like, okay. And then the the plot just gets, or that whole point gets dropped. And it's like, why did you, what, why did you gaslight your fucking friend then? You literally did this awful thing, which I thought was to set up a lesson. And then you set, you do... Then Mitru herself does the same gaslighting to Ogami, and then no one follows through with their damn gaslighting. Like fuck. <laughs> but, so the the big the big important thing that start happens around here is that the Rhino guy, uh, the Rhino guy from the opening scene, or, sorry, from the uh, the hospital bombing storyline, uh, he's in jail and gets met with by the leader of the cult, and then he hulks the fuck out. Into this yes. giant super rhino that's just taking dudes out, which leads to one of my like, oh fuck! I'm surprised they went there. Moments where uh, I never, I never paused and went back to see for sure or whatever. But I swear there's a scene where Ogami is just like a pulp, <laughs> like he's just a twitching yes. mass of gross flesh because <laughs> yeah, like he, they, the rhino yeah, just destroying smashed. him. And the, the, like there's a part where he catches the rhino's fist with his arm. And that's supposed to be the big anime moment where he just, like, beats him because he's super-powered and whatnot. But then he, like, his arm spaghettifies because it gets obliterated. And you see it, like, heal and whip back into place. And it's like, huh, Like, his whole arm's, like, yeah. flailing. And it's like a fucking wacky, weird, inflatable well, arm tube man shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's distressing. It's like he pun- so he, like, he punches the rhino's fist and they do this anime meet. And yeah. the rhino just goes... And like grabs his wrist and snaps, like snaps like, his whole yeah. arm, and then it's, he just like takes it away and goes like, and it's, it's like, like it's okay, like the scenes from like Harry Potter and Deadpool where you just have like a spaghetti <laughs> arm, and it's just yeah. like, ugh, ugh. and yeah, like later on he's getting he's just getting pummeled and pummeled after getting stabbed all the way through too. Like, he gets stabbed through the chest by the horn, and there's a giant hole in his chest. He's like, go, I'm fine, which he is, because he's magic. But then he, he just says gets, it like then seven then he just times. gets pummeled into the fucking terrain until he's a twitching mass of gore. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I wasn't expecting yeah. this show to quite go there with this. Uh, but the important thing is that, he, that's that, yeah, like the religious leader met with the rhino guy, and then suddenly rhino guy hulks out and so on. And he's dealt with and so on. But then later in the show... A horse guy is getting conned by the mink, and he suddenly goes full on like berserk horse and goes into it like like straight up from berserk. He just hulks out old giant too, and you're like, oh weird. We have two cases that's going on now. And so here's here's one of my biggest issues with the entire show, is that the blonde haired blue eyed guy explains that the beast men just genetically as a people are just. These horrible, like beast, like like for like ticking uh, time bombs. They they're, are literal they're all ticking time bombs. Time where, bombs. Yeah, he, he says that if they hit an agitated enough state, they'll just hulk out like this. Which also point point out, he doesn't say stress. Remember that when he mentions this, he doesn't say it's because of stress. He says it's because of uh, agitation, or it's like. They're, yeah, it's like agitation or something. They use some flowery word to yeah. not just they come said, out and say they just, they just said, stress. They just said stress in English. 
And they talked about like it's oh, like really? territorial, like all these people are like all these people are supposed to live in different places. They've all been mashed together in this one place, and it's seen as infringing on their territory. So they're all getting stressed out by the existence of each other. Which I'm like, I don't know. The chicken and the koala seem pretty happy married to each other, so I feel like kind of full of yeah. shit. Also, the city's existed for like ten years, and apparently this has never been seen before, where people just hulk out all of a sudden. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I see the villain guy. He's a segregationist. And he's a piece of garbage, and he's arguing in favor of ethno states. But that's fine because he's the villain, and he's full of shit. Obviously, also, he's just like attack. He's obviously just attacking these people and drugging them and making them hulk out with his crazy pharmaceutical company and shit. Because like they're already an ethno state, they already have to live in their own fucking city because they're not allowed in the main city. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, but I'm saying, like the, I'm saying like the show starts <laughs> start, the show starts bringing up this like ethno state idea. Yeah, but it's from the villain. Yeah, the so, like, every so, like, so I'm like, okay, he's to gonna. I'm like, he's gonna be proven wrong, and uh, like, I, like I don't like. Ob- it's really obvious if you're reading it this way that he, they must have dosed the first guy because the cult leader meets with him, and then it, mysteriously he's an evil villain now. And yeah. may- maybe they got the horse off screen, and we'll find out that that happened later or whatever. Because there's only two data points so far. He makes the argument, they're like, haven't you seen how they're just at each other's throats at any second? And it flashes back to, like, one time at, like, the air, at like the bank or airport or whatever the fuck that place no, was. it was the immigration where, like, office. Where, like, two guys got in a fight and turned into beasts for a moment, which is the only time that's happened in the whole show, basically. And so, like, yeah. when I talked to before well, about stuff... Well, you can th- count the rabbit town where the people, like, were ready to fight. They talked about uh, the just idea because she showed it, up. But, they didn't, but there was no yeah. fight in that moment. It was just the idea of, yeah. like, claws out or whatever. But my point is that, like, when I said before about stuff that they'll just, like, that they should have established several times to make it see a, seem like a trend so that we can believe it later, this was that. Like, they should have established this apparent idea that beasts are just constantly struggling to maintain society because they're always going at each other. Because our only data point is that two guys got in a fight once in episode two. And that's basically it. And yeah, and here's what's fucked not. up about the show. Well, they also do like a flashback to the slums to like in, infer that the bad living conditions is making them stressed. And I'm like, even though those I, are normal I, in real life. Yeah, but I was like, I, I agree that there shouldn't be slums in a technically utopia city for animals. Like, I don't think Zootopia had a slum. <laughs> it's a weird idea, but sure. The, fuck, um, the fucked up thing here is I'm like, okay, he's a villain. He but, won't, He's probably going to do something against Beastmen, so he's probably dosing these people to hook them out to give to either yeah. experiment on them or to give them bad press because he's like racist or whatever. But turns out everything he's saying is true. Turns yes, out Beastmen are actually freaking out and hulking out on their own, and it's not genetically he's not dispos- dosing them. Uh, disposed to and this, I'm like, yeah. oh no! So when I said that the show comes in favor of like distressing. Uh, stuff that gets introduced, but the, and it's the villain that introduces it, but they don't really actually disprove it within their own fiction, and it has a distressing implication for the writing of the show. This is what I'm talking about. The show advocates for ethno states and never really retracts that because the it literally says that this racial minority is just inherently like violent and uncontrollable and they have and you have to manage them with ethno state and ethno states in order to def- defuse this because like they and and like and it really in in the fiction of the story of the, the show it's true like yeah. in in Zootopia in Zootopia they did the exact same thing but it was an evil villain that was drugging people to make them go berserk and you and they uncover that and it's like see that guy's full of shit 
And it was like, and like, but but in this show, the 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 sheep says the she, the stuff the sheep says, and it's just true. And there is no blueberries, <laughs> like in Zootopia. Yeah. It's just actually true, and they never take it back. And I'm like, no, you can't do well, this show. This is remember, it's even so. It's even worse than that. The idea is not only that are they they are these beastmen are genetically predispositioned to have a a wig out function in their which genetics. has never happened in 10 years somehow never happened in 10 years somehow but it happens but, like crazy suddenly and it's not but and he's th- not doing it that's the two fucking, important that's things. The confusing thing one the company the bad man's at has developed a cure for this aka just wiping the beastmen out literally just turning them into humans which is like the 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 literal pinnacle definition of how we deal dealt with Native Americans in the U.S., which is like if we just force them to be white people, then they'll be white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the second solution is, oh, thank good that thank goodness that that uh that half human half animal girl showed up because her blood is actually the cure to this problem. In a, in a show that straight up, creepy. <laughs> in a show that straight up introduces the Holocaust, uh, the yeah. blonde haired blue eyed character is a eugenicist oh and the, the purest and, of eugenicists and the show kind of proves him right within the fiction and it's like no no this is the super only, worrying well, the, the weird thing oh. the really weird part is that they they well they do technically also they very quickly backtrack at the like the last few seconds of the show they're mm-hmm. like well all all beastmen have this problem even the pure blood have this problem <laughs> you know like because uh, remember at the very end when he's about to like literally fucking beam his mouth off like holy shit dude he's, he's gonna he was gonna Godzilla him he was gonna the, Godzilla the, the in best, his mouth the best hole. part of the Brian the Brian Cranston. Uh, Godzilla like, movie is when the Godzilla like uh, does the breath straight down the mouth of the of the enemy thing and just decapitates like, him. Like he's about awesome. to do that. What a solid uh. kill! Um, <laughs> yeah, because he's about to do that. Then the the purebred like gets to a stressful enough level that he starts having the problem. Yeah, but but rewinding like the the yeah the, the villain's evil plan is to bring in Michiru's silver wolf impersonating friend. To mm. do an idol concert where that then ends in a confession that she's actually been human this whole time, which they know about. Here's, here's a, like, so multiple no, characters. Only, what, only what, what, Boris what, knows about it. No, no, no. I mean, like, what pisses me off is that uh, Nazuna explains this to Michiru, and Michiru knows this, and they just accept this this surface level explanation that somehow somehow all these beastmen finding out that their religious icon was secretly human all the whole time will calm them oh yeah 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 like somehow they're gonna <laughs> they just say be it super like stoked three about times it. and everyone like yeah. agrees with that idea and it's like what well, immediately i'm like what no it's gonna make them all hulk out like they're all gonna fucking crack immediately and that's the evil guy's plan but no and it's like <laughs> Rami's like, the only one who immediately yeah, is like, okay, no one time to murder through all the of actions you. of what <laughs> like, it would do to people psychologically to find that out that their that their <laughs> god is false, basically. Like, what the fuck? Like, and they like, and and it's and it's not like all the ingredients here are wrong. It's not that they don't know about the hulking out and what causes it. 
and they don't and they surely should understand what the implication is of this action they're just not putting two and two together at all because they just trusted someone that explained it badly to them and didn't justify it at all it's like of course this will this will freak them out you know that them getting stressed does like makes them go into hulk mode and they'll murder each other and you should be able to tell that uh tearing down their religion would probably stress them out and doing it to all of them in one stadium would probably stress the fuck out of them and but there it's like no it'll be fine like no one's questioning it at all and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with all of the main characters in this show but yeah it's It's it all happens it stresses them all out Uh, crazy beast man hulking out crazy shit starts happening there's strange plot points that come up, like the fact that apparently Ogami's howl calms everyone and makes them all howl about back, and that's how you stop them from all murdering each other. And it doesn't matter what species they are, like the chickens howl and the like, the yeah. gophers howl, and everyone howls. The bear, the the bear girl howls. But what we have one of the worst scenes of the entire show is that uh, the blonde guy starts giving his villain speech. And it has to work overtime because it has to establish the entire plot of the show within the last 20 minutes of its entire runtime, basically. Yeah, it has to and, justify this whole fucking And then nonsense. he transforms into a wolf, which is like, he's like, he's like Ogami, but with a human face. And he basically looks like, he he's looks just like a, one of the cat's characters came yeah, to life. Yes, like. he's horrifying. His whole body is wolf. <laughs> no. And his head is wolf with wolf ears and hair all around the perimeter of his head. But his face is just a fleshy human exposed face human unchanged. Face, yeah. Almost like they didn't know how to draw a second wolf color that would be t- separ- separable from Ogami somehow. Then he, But then while, while he's continuing to give his villain speech, he transforms into a three-headed golden wolf like from he, Godzilla. He, he, he turns into Cerberus. Uh, yeah, and all three voices, is, all three heads speak in different voices and all take turns giving the speech. Yeah, they all speak in different voices, but they're his voice, yeah. but just in different tones, which yes, is Yes, he's just really doing weird. three voices. The one voice so, after yeah, is three voices. He's just doing three different voices And across voices from him, himself? Ogami is also in his super ultra like Zoid mode because he's also in silver wolf mode. So they're all like Fucking. quadrupeds and they're yeah. facing each other down and ogami like is just a pokemon that's yeah. what they look like they, oh yeah no they, they look like pokemon sword and shield but like different yeah uh like they look like those two uh, they're just I, don't, in I don't remember the, position the names anymore. ready to fight and they're just yeah. standing there they're standing mobile, a, and yeah they're, they're, like... they're, yeah they're gigamax pokemon <laughs> standing across from each other in the arena waiting for the story to let them fight and they're standing perfectly still while the gold three-headed uh. wolf monologues for like five minutes about his eugenicist plans and how he's the only pure blood and everyone else is a mutt and he's gonna wipe them all out and so on and then he just kamehameha's yagami who has just been standing there the whole time and one shots him and leaves <laughs> like that that's what i said yeah. before when i said there's a fight that just has a monologue for three minutes and then one attack and then it's over yagami just stands perfectly still and gets one shot and that was the whole fight and i'm like losing when, my fucking mind when you complained about it on twitter i i had just finished the oh. final episode i was like oh no keith's not gonna be oh. happy with this at all <laughs> i was like they just wiped this fool out with one yeah. shot after a fucking whole monologue like i was complaining about the fight and the first episode and you'd seen the way worse one in the finale uh, but then yagami, like, you're not gonna like this but then yagami fights him and it goes like you expect where he's like no only a pure blood could do this you can't do the super howl or whatever and then yagami's like actually i can do the super thing whatever and then he defeats him unexpectedly air quotes the way that every yeah. animal animal like this ends anime like this ends yeah, and anima. i said i said anima uh, and he's about and he's about to kill him, but then he looks at uh, Michiru and 
He's like, no, I'll actually spare him. And then he like, ma- and then he fo- uh, he forces Which him I wasn't, to bite I him. I wasn't too sure about. That's a weird, uh, it's a weird conclusion to come to where it's like, yeah. ah, but I want to keep this Nazi alive. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a weird sparing <laughs> moment. It's like weird. It's also, weird. not only that, he reveals himself to be the ancestor of the person of the guy who killed all of his like his village. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's literally like, the ancestor huh, of the I'm people. actually the survivor. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And which is a like, detail no, that's, that's out of control. A, that's Don't a detail, do that. <laughs> that's a detail that's revealed long before he ever get, uh, exposes himself as the villain. He just, right? he, he just volunteers the fact that he's yes. the ancestor of the guy that killed Yagami, uh, Ogami's family. Yeah. Uh, but as, near, a, sli- as, a, slight, as a slight rewind... When he, I think it was around the time he found out that information, Ogami hulks out, which I didn't even think he could do because I thought that like, I thought everyone hulking out was basically them turning into his spirit wolf form but not being able to control it. But he also has a hulk out mm. form that's separate from his beast, his uh, spirit wolf form. Uh, and when he was hulking out, he attacked uh, Michiru, which is a which they use as a cheap cliffhanger on the penultimate episode. And yeah. him biting Michiru apparently infected, uh, cured him of that hulk mode her blood her her hybrid blood apparently fixes it so we have a cure now for the hulking but it has the coolest visual in the show or one of them which is that he melts yeah he (laughs) like so fucking cool it's cool he's a a giant hulk monster and he just fucking melts and then there's and then there's just like a naked uh like wolf humanoid form ogami in the bottom of that side note about that he has uh, magic regenerating clothes until he doesn't. <laughs> yes. The, fir- the first two I, times his clothes come back, and then after that, never again. <laughs> so, yeah, the first two times that he, he goes into wolf form, his clothes just come back. But he can only do clothes. wolf form by taking off his neck uh, belt. Yeah, so he has like a, a belt around his neck. And so he takes the collar off, and then he transforms. But he doesn't take his fucking clothes off, so they just get no. ripped. Yeah, he just explodes out of them. But then he comes back and he puts the collar back on, but his clothes are already back. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? But, and then the end of the show, all, he just doesn't have his collar on. Yeah, which it's is also really it's just, it's just not a physical transformation because every time he turns back to a normal wolf, he's just sitting there with, he's just naked. Like he doesn't have anything on yeah. his neck. At first, I was like, oh, that's that's a neat detail because he he got he got his throat was cut when he was murdered. Yeah. And so that the scar of when he was murdered is the party reveals when he transforms. But then it seems like completely that. unrelated to the transformation because they well, just stopped ar- doing yeah, it. It is arbitrary <laughs> to the transformation. So many things just get dropped like this, like they nobody proofread the script or something. Like they, they just set up a thing and then they just forget about that. I'm like, oh, it's like I wasn't that attached to that idea. But it seemed like you were establishing that was how this worked. And then you just stopped yeah. doing it that way. And that's like how 30 things in the show work. Though to uh, but, be fair, but, uh, Eugenics but, Man also has the same problem, where he just was back in a suit again. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, well-fitted yeah. suit and, just and came it's like, back. I could, accept, I could accept them just transforming back into clothed people if it wasn't for the fact that Ogami keeps transforming back into a naked wolf and then yes. re, and then, re, then getting clothes back over time or something. Like, there's well, a part Keith, where you, you transform... There's a part where he's naked. without some nudging. Yeah. There's a part where he's just naked, and then there's a part where they, he transforms back, and they're looking over a hole into the ground, and he's just wearing slacks, and he's holding a jacket under his arm. I'm like, where'd those clothes come from? I still don't understand. But then, at, but for the entire climax, he's just naked, and he never gets clothes yeah. again throughout the whole climax. I'm like, I don't know how the clothes work. I'm so confused. 
but I, re- I rewound to that because that's what the finale was, is the fact that uh, Ogami forces the villain to bite him, and Ogami's already been infected by the cure via Michiru, so it goes then to the villain, and now the villain doesn't Hulk out, which seems like a mistake, because it seems like that would only cure his hul- bad hulking, and, and it wouldn't cure his Cerberus form being a thing he can still do, so you think he'd still be which able to defeat it you. Like, you think he could still come back. do his Cerberus form, yeah. He and just also, gives up voluntarily because, like, he lost the pure blood argument somehow, but he still, yeah. like, didn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I also don't love this element of the show. I, like. What? I mixed blood liked, saves the day? I, I kind of liked when people just had literal animal powers. Like, the people, they, they just turn into animals, and that was, like, their whole thing. But when you have two characters that can. You have two characters that can transform however the fuck they feel like because they're shapeshifters then you have two characters that are like the god characters that turn into laser spewing wolf forms and i'm like well remember mm, they 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 explain really... that the only way to do that is by like basically just... dr- like bur- like birthing them or uh, baptizing them in the blood of a thousand fucking uh beastmen which I'm is just, already I, its I'm own just, like, problem really, you have to like this jump really over where that like ogami made sense he was thrown in a burial pit like a mass grave of a did bunch they, of dead did they explain that's animals. how it works yes they specifically said the only reason ogami turned that way is because he was thrown in a mass grave of a thousand oh, yeah. dead beastmen and the only reason that he can transform is because he just fucking straight killed a thousand people and and, and just dunked in their there's blood a lot of, there's a lot of bloodline genetic stuff that goes on in this show i was like Sir, yeah, like, you just gets, admitted to like, the power literally murdering a thousand people. It's, it's, That's there's, crazy. There's, there's like <laughs> bloodborne stuff going on in this show. Where yeah, like he he becomes a superhero because he was thrown into a mass grave. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a lot to take in. Like, it's like, uh, all right, but <laughs> Oh boy. It's then, not good. And then it just kind of um, ends, and Michiru is like, I'm going to stay here for some reason. I get, fuck my parents, I guess. <laughs> I'm just I just live here now, not at my home. What upsets me more is that Michiru can literally fly mm-hmm. and can transform into a human, which means her stupid fucking ass could literally just go home, turn into a human, give her parents a fucking hug once in a while, and then <laughs> fly the fuck back home. Like, God. She doesn't even have to be at risk of poachers because she can just fucking fly. You can commute. <laughs> she could probably turn into a fucking fish if she wanted to. Like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> There's a there's things to take in about this whole thing. It's uh, uh hmm. there's a lot of characters so we didn't much. even touch on that are like it also um, their own messes in some cases. It upsets me. Me okay. So the thing that really upsets me is that Michiru is such a cool fucking concept. There's a lot that you could do with that character, and the intro of the show kind of fucking blue balls you with it. Because they show her, like they show this, you know, cute little scene where it's uh, both of them, both Ogami and Michiru's shadows running towards a thing, and then Michiru goes out of frame, and you see her shapeshift different forms, like one's a horse legs, and she has like bird wings, and she, and you're like, oh, that's cool, she can like turn into other animals, that's great, and they're like, nah, she just can fly, they're like, oh, mostly, okay. yeah, she sniffs and once, sometimes she, has she, cheetah cam- legs. she camouflages once. But yeah, yeah she but mostly, saying, like, ju- she mostly mo- just uses the mobility powers. It's just like these around. really lame changes where I was like, you could do cool shit. Like, what if she also turned into a silver wolf and yeah, fought her friend who was yeah. pretending to be and being like, that's how and, she like, exposes her. her. She yeah. just ended the show with four wolves. <laughs> uh, but no, bo- <laughs> both of the uh, both of the friends get kind of sidelined. 
Even though Actually, one of them's the I, main I'll character. Be, I'll in be the honest. Finale. I thought that I thought that was going to be the ending. I thought the I thought both her friend and I thought Michiru and Nezu were going to turn into wool like the same silver wolf and make the three-headed beam like the the <laughs> purebred. I thought like they're gonna, it, they're yeah. gonna morph into they're gonna, no no they're not gonna, morph together like they're just all they're three all gonna of them are gonna stand like next Voltron. to each other yeah they're just gonna merge their howls together into one beam uh. that overcomes the pure blood I thought that's what was gonna happen because that sounds fucking cool instead it was like Okami just going like no give me a second I'll learn how to do it and I was like what <laughs> you're just gonna figure it out it's like a genetic thing what the fuck is this and he's like ah. Uh, yeah, with, with Ogami, ah. it's straight up just like, he couldn't beat him, but then he fights him again when nothing has changed, and oh, he beat him. Yeah. He just, round two, he wins. For round one, he th- loses, because he was just too That's... busy standing still and in a Pokemon battle instead of fighting. Yeah, I was like, oh no, he got the super effective move off first. Shit, nailed it. <laughs> so like, oh, the other battle, I did a full a, a full restore. We're going to try it again. I'm going to do the fight. I'm going to do the beam first. Now Wh- it's super effective against you. <laughs> yeah. Uh we gotta cut Stupid. this off probably it's we've been going for a it's while it's like a psychic battle in pokemon like whoever whoever, whoever does psychic first. first wins and you're like oh shit yeah. <laughs> all right we reached the Any two case. hour mark so it's, it's about time to, yeah. to close it off but yeah it's a uh, not good just watch Zootopia. It's, just, it's it's not great <laughs> there's like a, there's one really good episode and a few other good moments but there's some oof the more it's, I think, I think I, I feel like the more I think about it, the more I'll additionally be troubled by the subtext of what it's saying <laughs> in a lot of the story. I don't know because there's yeah, some I, I haven't. What it there's some I think I just say. haven't processed yet, and I'm just like I own. Oh, this might be bad too. I thought it was like a. I thought it was trying to say some weird shit about like yeah, Japan just accept mixed blood. They're the future like solution to your xenophobia, and I was like, uh. Uh, okay. It does feel like in this universe, the like, ultimate solution is just to, for everyone to get animal powers, and then yeah, like it just it feels kind of so weird. That's where the that, season like, ends. They have a way to turn everyone into a human animal hybrid that can just shape shift at will, and also has special powers and seemingly the, no yeah, downsides because the, well, they're also cured from the Hulk mode. Sorry, we also so didn't like explain no the most downsides. important part, which is the only reason that Michiru can transform is because she got animal blood transfused into her. Which is that's all accident. it takes There's on just accident. A, yeah, and and so all it takes is animal blood, and then everyone can be a beast man, which is a really important thing. That was because, one of the handful, like, oh yeah, the, in this universe, <laughs> just being exposed to anybody else's blood genetically transforms you, apparently. Because there's like four what? different cases of that happening in different forms throughout the show. It's like because yeah, there's the mass grave. There's how Michiru got her power. There's how Michiru cures. Uh, Ogami. There has to be, and that's and that's also the the serum that's supposed to fix people in the first place. Whatever. Yeah, there has. I bet ways. you, like, give it, give it like a you just genetically like, rewrite people on the on the fly. <laughs> give it a few months. Someone's going to come out with a really long two hour commentary about how <laughs> this is an entire allegory <laughs> for blood mixing, and this is why like japan has to move forward with something, or else they're all going to die out because they can't just keep staying in their own little small bubble or something stupid and excuse the entire idiocracy that is this bad mishmash plot which is like just about how eugenics is sometimes okay like there's some excuses for eugenics was the villain of this show lovecraft (laughs) 
He was always was afraid the villain... of. He was in all of his writings. Like half the, the subtext of half his stories is like races mixing with each other. Like when you hear about Innsmouth and the fish people and everything, it's always like this terrifying idea that like races are going to breed with each other and monsters will come out. And it's like Lovecraft, you got some got some issues. Yeah, well, they're not going to yeah, age well. I mean... They're not going to age well, which is a problem because all your shit's going to get really popular for the other reasons, and they're all going to have to dance around the creepy parts you keep writing in these. Uh, okay, we got to go. But this is a uh, yeah. This was BNA. It was fun to talk about. It w- it was kind of a wreck to watch. <laughs> this poor show. Uh, see, you, see you guys next time. Goodbye.